This is the Criterion Creeps Podcast. I'm Jarrett Duncan. RJ Baylog. And we're just two guys who have no other choice now but to creep our way through the Criterion Collection one spine number at a time in order to release. This week we're dealing with Love and Morphine in 1955 as we continue the BRD trilogy of Rainer Werner Fastbinder, Spine 205, Veronica Voss from 1982. But mm-hmm. first, mm. RJ, mm? it's New Year's Day. Uh, is that accurate? It is, as of the time of this recording. In what time zone? Uh, Mountain Standard Time. Mm, interesting. Creep Standard. Interesting. Well, I guess Happy New Year's is in order then. Well, you know, I, was, I was hearing that a little bit in the stores. It seems like that's the one people can get really behind. It's, it's Happy uh, New Year's? Yeah, it's secular. You know, there's no, mm. no opportunity to be offended, apparently. Uh, I'm sure you could. If, someone could if they tried hard enough. I'm offended. I, and I didn't try at all. By what? I don't know. What's just, the, yeah. Just my presence it's in like, general? Yeah, yeah, it's a new year. Mm. Does mm. anyone ever say, hey, happy January? No. Happy February? Uh, no. The month, those months pass without incident, but the calendar year. Well, not January for me. January has always been like my favorite time of the year. Did you know, Jarrett, that January is when the sun is closest to the earth? Even though it's the coldest month, it's wild stuff. Did you know? Is that why you're someone's favorite son and you were born this month? Uh, it's possible. Did you know? Also, know that kids born in like January, February have uh, both academic and athletic advantages over other kids. So, what went wrong with you? I have my own personal things. Alcoholism is a big one. <laughs> Demons. <laughs> Demons. Uh, yes. So I got that going for me. So what you uh, what have you been doing for the last like two weeks? Because it seems like a month since I've seen you. Has it? That's a lie. That's a lie. It's been like RJ. ten days. Well, it's been like two, what two a day and a half. Well, since I've actually talked to you, the oh. when I saw you in the flesh, what did we talk for like five minutes, and then it That's was silence. No, yeah. and yeah. and you're drinking a bud. A tall boy. That's right. Uh know. yeah, you know just. Uh, it's this the season. <laughs> the season of what? Um, you know, nonstop wind mm-hmm. blowing at all times. Our uh, neighbor's fence fell down. Oh, the sea? There you go. Oh, did anything happen with your neighbor? Was there Which, any? Oh, was, was there any blowouts? It went. Uh, it went by without incident. Uh, incidents, even New Year's Eve. So I'm happy to report that uh, nothing. That is, oh, no, there was, I, so a different neighbor, I had a huge incident with. So, uh, are you ready for this story right now? Yes, yes, please. Hey, I need, I need other people's opinions on this. I've asked a few people and most people are on my side. Okay. This is what happened, Jerp. On Christmas day, uh, I went with my family. We did our Christmas thing. I was hitting those, uh, those nogs pretty hard. So I was, you know, feeling pretty good. Came home. It was like nine ten o'clock we're just kind of sitting upstairs relaxing and i hear some some ruckus outside a little rummaging and i was like hmm i wonder what that is so i go look out the window and uh, across the street from me uh my neighbor's filling up his recycling can because uh so the next morning is when our recycling bins got picked up and you know we go take them out the night before as responsible adults so he's filling up his bin and it's like overstuffed and uh, it doesn't all fit. And so he proceeds to walk across the street, opens up my can, and starts filling up my can with his recycling. 
And now my can is overflowing and the lid won't close. And I don't know if you know this, Jared, but those recycling uh, and garbage men, they uh, sometimes when the lid's overflowing, they're like, fuck it. You're not supposed to do that. And they don't pick it up. So I was a little bit put, put off by that. So I tapped on the glass. <laughs> as you, I, as you're standing there at the window in observing. Dark, in complete darkness, yeah. I gave a tap on the glass. And he was confused for a second. And then he caught my eye. And I gave him the, the what gives gesture, like arms up in the air. I was yeah. like, oh. I was like, oh, what gives? And uh, I think he was confused for a second. And then he gave it back. And then he put his arm up in the air and he walked back into his house. And I said, whoa, baby, oh, Marone. Are, are you going to have to get your friends in waste management to take care of this? Uh, I mean, I've been looking looking into this in extreme detail. So uh, tomorrow is our next garbage day. So I'm going to see what uh, what plays out here because uh, I, I saw his garbage and it's already overflowed. So uh, this real piece of shit. He, he, could be filling it. My he could be filling it right now. He could be. You're downstairs. You're not looking out the window as a person normally does. He could. In the dark. Yeah. In the dark. Like, and so, not a weirdo? Well, <laughs> that's a matter of perspective. So Andrea says that I was uh, not being very neighborly. And I said, no, no, no. <laughs> I said, this is my area. It's like, you don't take out the garbage. You don't take out the bins. You have nothing to do with this, right. baby. Uh, and it's like, you know, if someone just threw some garbage in, I don't give a shit. I don't care about that. It was the fact that he overflowed my bin. Because now there's the potential for it not to be picked up. And I was livid, Jarrett. I hear that. Livid. What do you? What's your input on this? Do you do you mind if people fill up your bins? I'd prefer not them not to do that. But usually mine's uh, far from full, so it hasn't mm-hmm. been a, hasn't come up. Well, we we recycle quite a bit, so I mean, I think a lot of the shit I put in there probably can't even recycle. But you know, I'm trying. No, that's why they have sorters. RJ, yo, we, we got a monster of an episode ahead of us. Oh, okay. So maybe no more tales of garbage. <laughs> Let's talk about our uh, this thing that we brought upon ourselves that I suggested, okay. this best of the decade idea. Okay. Let's just do it right now before we get to those emails. Sure, I can get it done fast. No problem. Awesome. All right. So, uh, folks out there in Creepsland, mm-hmm. wherever you are, we're going to do this. We're going to talk about mm-hmm. uh, what we think, uh, each of us, is our top 10 films of the last decade, 2010 to 2019. I think I did it wrong. I did my top film of each year. That works too. And then I did. I gave. I, I'm going to hit you with my five worst of the decade. So, so I've got what I've got, RJ. I don't know. Uh-huh. Do you think this is necessary? Because not only do I have ten films, but I also mm-hmm. got ten documentaries. That's fine. And I got a series and a short film. Do whatever feels right, dude. Right. So this is mine's in no particular order, but we can go back okay. and forth. Sure. Uh, I'm going to go in chronological order for my films. Same. So uh, my first up is. Uh, Noah Baumbach's Greenberg, starring Ben Stiller, a movie that I've seen very few people mention. Uh, I don't know if anyone remembers this, and uh, mm. but this is a movie that I still, when I see that poster, I think back, and I was like, this is a movie that really understands me as a person. Yep. <laughs> uh, so I've seen Greenberg, and mm-hmm. I didn't remember particularly liking it very much, mm-hmm. uh, but I think I, I watched it some time ago, so... I could well, be off. Greenberg's the kind of guy that looks out his back window and gets really <laughs> angry when people are putting recycling in his bin. I feel like I'd be all for that, though. Okay. Or maybe not. Maybe I should give it a rewatch if, if it's that hot for you. 
Maybe uh, I'll give it a rewatch. Uh, I mean, that was a that was a one time viewing, and uh, I watched it years after the fact, and yeah, I felt uh, very strongly about it. Apparently Ooh. enough to put it on this uh, best slash favorite of the twenty tens list. And there you go. Yeah, I got one for twenty ten. Okay. Some of my years only have one film. Some of my years have like fourteen that I could have picked from. Okay. Uh, twenty ten Scott Pilgrim, because I think that movie is super neat, and I like it. A lot. Uh, that is also a movie that I liked. Mm-hmm. Um, I've only seen it once, though. And I do oh, yeah. the, and I own the Blu-ray, too. I saw it in theater and everything. I remember doing a double bill of watching Scott Pilgrim and uh, Expendables. Because they both, I, I believe they both opened that weekend. Which did you like more? <laughs> Scott Pilgrim. Okay. <laughs> Expendables I mean, was yeah. not so great. but well, I, would, yeah. I, I wouldn't have judged you for that. Mm. Yeah. Uh, can, onward. Remember when Edgar Wright... Uh, insulted you on twitter yeah i know well guess what's in one of my bottom five movies oh of the boy all right mm-hmm. so next up for me kill list by that ben wheatley guy kill Ooh, baby so i had kill list in my uh my runner up for that okay yeah this, this is um i mean probably as far as straight up horror films go this is mm-hmm. definitely i think the best of the decade yeah, I thought you were. Uh, I, I agree with you. Um, I thought you were going to throw a curveball in there and say Bellflower for 2011. Mm, I I would I would probably be. I couldn't just rec- I wouldn't just recommend Bellflower to anybody. But mm-hmm. Kill List, it's like anyone who's interested in horror. I think this is like if I have to pick something. And I'm a you know we do a ghoul school podcast. We're about mm-hmm. that horror. So I mean, Kill List has got to be my representative. Yep, I uh, I agree with you. Uh, Fullheartedly, that was my runner-up, though. Okay. And then I can't remember who it was last week, whether it was Sam Sanchez, George Bailey, or uh, first-time, long-time Colin Richards, but someone asked if Take Shelter was going to be on there. It was close. It was close, but I'm going to give you a curveball, Jared. You know what my favorite movie of 2011 was? What? 50-50, starring Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Because I think that movie is really good. And I don't give a fuck what anybody says. I like it. No, this is your opportunity to let your... Your flag fly for whatever you want. I got a platform. I, I've, I've never seen listen. it. I've never seen it. Uh, I think you've talked about this before at yeah. some point. And, uh, I, you I think it's really good. Adamant. But uh, yeah. Do nice. you want to borrow it? I own it. Uh, I'm good for now. But I might take okay. you up on that and challenge okay. you. Cause what, what's the worst thing going to happen? I was going to say, RJ, you have horrible taste in movies. But I tell you that every week. Tell me that every week. So I, I don't like I literally have nothing to lose at this point. I don't give a fuck. Yeah. No fucks to give. Uh my next up, her. Uh, okay, wait. What year did her come out? Uh, twenty thirteen. Well, twenty thirteen. No. Okay. What you don't have any for twenty twelve? I, I, I don't have a twenty twelve. So. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'll, I'll fill in that spot. I'll just go ahead and say Dark Knight Rises. Oh, what? Well, no. What, what else would I pick? The Master. Oh man. You don't even have a twenty twelve. I don't have a twenty twelve because there wasn't there was no best film. That like that's I'm, a clear cut for like the whole decade. These movies are better than The Master or Dark Knight Rises. That's for I'm, sure. I'm just gonna go for it. Like here, I'll pull up. Uh, let's see what's in you, 2012. You, you're all about that Bane, huh? I love Bane. I love don't, Bane. You don't too. love Bane? I love Bane. But that movie is, uh, you know, yeah, just misses let's out. Let's go to decades. I know this is a long episode. Let's go to 2012. Oh my god. Uh, oh, the, well, okay. So there's Django, Argo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, The Master, Looper, Dread. Yeah. Dread's a good show. Dread's good. Yeah, these are all like decent. I mean, uh, I'm going to be Looper's going to come up later in an email, 
but uh ooh moonrise kingdom i know your favorite of mm. uh of uh, our buddies uh get the gringo american reunion okay, that's a band a, that's, called that's, death that's fine that's fine okay okay well so her her is I, my would be my uh my number three or whatever you want to call it yeah uh yeah this movie is awesome if I, again, i've only ever seen it once but mm-hmm. I found that uh, Spike Jones. This was his not working of Charlie Kaufman movie, mm-hmm. and uh, it was kind of the be- in some. I guess it was like kind of the part of the foundation of the the Joaquin Phoenix reinvention of his mm-hmm. master was the er, the previous year. But I think her was just way much so much better. Um, I agree. A lot of high pants. How about those high Ooh. pants? I like a lot of high pants and mustaches, and which is I believe now current fashion. Yes. Uh, her is my pick for 2013. Nice. So uh, we're in agreement there. Good show. Outstanding. Good show. All right. Uh, my number four. Uh, I, 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 I got a couple 2014s, though. Because mm. I asked. This work gets tough. Well, because this, this, we start getting some good years here. 2014, 2015, mm-hmm. pretty great years. Pretty mint. Uh, Whiplash. Yeah. Yeah. Whiplash, uh, I. Did not. I had no idea what this movie was. I watched it long after the fact. If there was mm-hmm. any buzz about it, it was because uh, a friend of mine, whose opinion I do trust in film, was like, "You got to watch this." And, was it uh, me? I was someone whose opinion I trust. <laughs> yeah, was it me? Trust. No. Uh, so yeah, Whiplash. I just I had no idea what it was, and mm-hmm. you're like, "What? Who's this Miles Teller?" Who like I still don't know if I've seen other Miles Teller films at this point. Um, yeah. <laughs> anyway, but yeah. Mm-hmm. That J.K. Simmons, you know, he's pretty good. He's pretty good. Yeah. So yeah, Whiplash is just like such an exciting movie. I've I've have seen this one a couple times, mm-hmm. uh, and yeah, it works so well. I think this. I don't know. I feel like there's there's like a backlash <laughs> to this movie because uh, it's popular on things like Reddit because it's good. Yeah. So that must mean mm-hmm. it's bad. But yeah, I, I think Whiplash is super good. I thought you were gonna pick Noah for 2014. <laughs> Nope. Sorry to surprise you. Uh, I agree. I think Whiplash is the best, but I do hold Interstellar up there pretty highly also. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, This year's really tough, too. And then uh, I didn't watch this. I only watched this last year, but did you know Paddington came out in 2014? Oh, yeah. A terrific show. A terrific show. Solid little piece of movie making. So 2014 is a good year. And then it just leads into 2015, which is an extremely tough year. Yeah. There is a lot of good well, movies. Well, that's why I didn't limit myself to just a year. All right. Uh, I see. So uh, my other 2014 pick mm-hmm. is Grand Budapest Hotel. Ah, nice. Yeah. That, nice. that movie uh, on the second watch, it, I was like, holy crap, this is so good. This mm-hmm. movie's like so well made. It's uh, Wes Anderson's love letter to cinema, RJ. Is that what it is? It is. Uh, yeah, it's, it's kind of very much kind of his uh, Inglorious Bastards, mm. which is an, another movie that when I rewatched it, I was like, man, this is so much better than I remember. And this mm-hmm. kind of felt the same way. Um, so, yeah. Cool. Yeah. I'm, I I remember being warm on that when it came out. I was like, yeah. But re- I don't know. Re- rewatch, man. Got to do it. I, yeah. I mean, I'm always up for rewatching uh, our boy Wes because, you know, he's a good dude. He's a real good dude. I'll check it out one day. Okay. Yep. Uh, what are we at? Twenty fifteen. Yeah, you can go ahead. Uh, well, I mean, how do you how do you pick between Green Room and Mad Max, Jarrett? How do you pick? You don't. Okay, let's just say both. <laughs> okay. And then I this room was year was really tough because we also have bangers like Bone Tomahawk, Black Coat's Daughter, Ooh. End of the Tour. Oh man, 
2015 is a good year. And and uh, along with Green Room, also just Room. Room. Mm, yes. Also just Room. Yeah. Very good shows, man. Very good shows. Yeah. So my six, seven, eight slot mm-hmm. <laughs> is Green Room, Room, and Mad Max Fury Road. Uh, uh, Green Room, I would, I do want to rewatch because I don't know if uh, the movie will live up to the theatrical exp- the theatrical experience that we had, which mm-hmm. was like just like I don't know a whole row of us and the, like the whole theater was just sucked into it and it worked yeah. so so well. And mm-hmm. that's like I don't know, maybe watching it at home by myself, it won't have that same magic. But it's about punk kids messing up neo Nazis uh, in the Washington State area so that's what's fun. not to like that was what's not to like so that movie's mm-hmm. a super charmer and mm-hmm. room room i didn't really know anything about it has this very generic title and mm-hmm. uh i kind of like i'd heard some good things that were like i, I think you t- you sold me on room yeah yeah because room room was really good and i mean it, brie larson got an oscar for it right right so, so i came to it buzz. yeah i came to it after that and yeah i was like fuck what a mm-hmm. That first half, some grueling stuff, and mm-hmm. I mean, hands down, I think of that of 2015 though. If we're talking like probably amongst the best films of the decade, Mad Max yep. Fury Road, that is uh, hell yeah. I've seen multiple times, and what a what a spectacle of cinema. Mm-hmm. I a spectacle, but to be sure, that's but what to, people talk, say about us. But to be sure, <laughs> but to be sure, uh, yeah, all three of those movies are wicked good. I'm a uh, I'm surprised Room is a uh, like I remember you talked about how much you liked it, but I'm surprised it's uh, sticking with you. Well, when I when I, when I went back through the years, I was like, "What's the what are the movies that jump out at me still?" That I, yeah. I'd be like, "Yes," and then that's what that's what I'm going off of my gut. Nice, nice. What does your gut tell you for your next year? 2016. Oh, yeah. F- file not found. Batman v Superman: Dawn of Justice. Come on. Uh, well, have you seen the director's cut, Jarrett? No, because it has not been released. As Twitter's working on that, though. No, that's uh, the Justice League. Oh, that's the sorry, cut, you're right. Friend. I'm confusing my shitty I'm Scott Snyder DC movies. Just, what, a, what a troll choice this is. Wait, you didn't think that was going to fit? Okay, you want a real answer? Yes. Swiss Army Man. It was it was uh, runner-up. It was in there. Yeah. Like, I didn't love it as much as you did. Well, but, come on, uh, even though even though I brought you to it, I was like, mm-hmm. RJ, you're gonna either love it or hate it, and you loved mm-hmm. it. But yeah, it, that movie's awesome. But uh, oh, yeah. I just can't get, I can't. It doesn't quite get there. But you, you know what does for my following year? Uh-oh. <laughs> and this is <laughs> so this kind of itches the same scratch as Swiss mm-hmm. Army Man, and that's Lasagna Cat Telephone Sex Survey wow. results. Yes, that's right. <laughs> How do you define that? This is your highest rated review. Mine? Yes. Oh, uh, actually, you know, I think um, I think my butt crack review has. Oh, has uh, it surpassed? Over. Oh, that's ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> it uh, it was my highest rated review yeah. for a very long time, okay. but uh, oh no, it still is. Yeah, see, it. I know you better than you know yourself. Two hundred and eighty minutes for. Uh, I think this goes back to uh, listener Justin Peterson asking about a long film to watch. Mm-hmm. A lot of product. Lasagna Cat Telephone Six Survey results. Uh, key to success, though, is you. You kind of get a sense of what it is. You should probably know what Lasagna Cat is, and also just watch like the last ten minutes or so. Mm-hmm. But that that is a marvelous experience. Oh yeah, it's uh, it's something to to behold. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's good stuff. I like uh, Lasagna Cat a lot. I'm surprised you um, – we're on two, 2017, right? We are. But, and don't worry. I have another 2017 here to round up my top 10. What meaning, do you want? 
what phantom thread mm-hmm. yeah yes uh phantom thread for sure and then there is also a limited series that i feel like can uh just squeak nice and so, easily. so yeah that yeah however you want to slice that. yeah so that's gonna be my see that would be kind of like i'm conflicted on it because one it's not a film it's mm-hmm. not it's loggable and letterboxed it's the best yep. television series, and it's the best thing of all these 10 films I've mentioned. It, it beats Mad Max Fury Road. It beats mm-hmm. her. And that's Twin Peaks The Return. Yep. That's uh, I'm going to be thinking about that forever. So. Yep. I agree. I mean, it's it's The Return, man. Like, do you get it? I, I heard. I heard. <laughs> well, and then, I, and, yeah, and Phantom yeah. Thread, right? Phantom Thread and is... And Paddington, uh, too, of course. <laughs> which I still have to watch. Oh, it's good. Uh, but yeah, no, that Phantom Thread, uh, I think it's P.T. Anderson's best movie of the decade. Mm-hmm. I Not much competition, really. Oh, not until, uh, if we're talking about 2009, though. Oh, boy. Different story. Right? Different story. Different story. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm on par with you. Yeah. What? 2007 is... Uh, oh, is that when it was? Yeah. That movie, that There Will Be yeah. Blood? Yeah. Yeah, well, I was trying to think, when when did There Will Be Blood and No Country come out? I thought it was 2009 for some reason. Yeah, that's okay. We forgive you. Oh. So, can, so wrap up, what do you got for the last two years? Uh, 2018, Upgrade or Spider-Verse. Because <laughs> uh, 2018, there's not a whole lot of good movies. What? Spider-Verse is good, and I actually thought Upgrade was really fun. I, yeah, I'm surprised you like Upgrade so much. I thought it was Fuck like it. Whatever. Very, very funny, fun movie. <laughs> And uh, Sp- Spider Verse is, uh, I don't know, I, I want to rewatch that as well. So, well, I was looking and I was like, out, out of all the movies I've watched of 2018, I was like, I don't think I liked almost any of these. <laughs> like, there's a few, like Thunder Road and Sister Brothers and The Favorite are all very good, but uh, I was like, I don't know, I'll just, uh, I'll probably just say Spider Verse. I could say Little Italy, starting Hayden Christensen. And your final film. Joker, okay, 2019. Because also, I haven't seen a ton of new movies this uh, this have not. last year, and uh, hardly any of them were good. Yeah, so uh, I'm just, I'll just go with Joker, man. All right, that seems fair. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm gonna run through my top ten documentaries. Hit it. So first up is an internet documentary series called The Smash Brothers about Super Smash. Yes. What? When yeah. did you watch that? Oh, a few years ago. I don't even know when I oh. logged it. But yeah, it's like uh, several parts. It just follows mm-hmm. the trials and tribulations and tournament scene of uh, Smash culture. Like something that like, you know, in no way should I be interested in. I never played mm-hmm. Smash. It wasn't part of my gaming whatsoever. But uh, the documentary was really good. I really enjoyed the series. I like the guys uh, for like for total like amateur people just making their own like history and mm-hmm. using the online resources to them and just follow going around using old footage. Super cool. I like this one a mm-hmm. lot. And uh, more people should check it out. Um, cool. Yeah. Next up, I have Purgatory. Uh, sorry, Paradise Lost 3, mm. Purgatory, which wraps up the Paradise Lost trilogy. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is kind of like, this is sort of the Return of the King spot where it kind of encompasses the entire project, which started uh, yeah. in the 90s. Uh, that second one's not so good, but this one... Uh, brings those boys home i guess there's a round to document that and is yeah. uh yeah great one and three are very good yeah two is nothing yeah and two is just like hey we're waiting for things to work out and we made mm-hmm. a documentary and it's uh pretty a big pretty big miss yeah there's just no yeah anyways yeah paradise lost is awesome yeah 
Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so then I've also got these. These. This is like two films basically for whatever slots you want to have. The Act of Killing and The Look of Silence. Ooh, I've heard Act of Killing won an Oscar, right? Yeah. Did Look of Silence? Uh, I don't wait. Th- Look of Silence is the follow up. And yeah. it's like they're directly related. Uh, yeah, if you still haven't watched those, huh? Yeah, you should probably. Neither. You should get around to those. Those are. Uh, I mean, good, if you some, say so. some some pretty uh, interesting pieces of documentary filmmaking. Oh, yeah, I'll uh, check them out. Yeah, sure. yeah, I've got them. I got them. Uh, we got that Nick Cave, Twenty Thousand Days on Earth. Ooh, that thing's awesome. I was gonna, I was gonna put that in my top ten just uh I'm just regular yeah. that that that's yeah it's a great piece I just kind of figured like I had enough for both lists so I'm like well I'm gonna do it mm-hmm. and then a, a very late comer for me uh, <gasps> just this last year was a uh, Giuseppe makes a movie which you might remember oh, me talking right. about the documentary mm-hmm. about a kid from Detroit Rock City making these mm-hmm. films in the trailer park it's totally yeah it's uh totally my bag baby and, and then I got this other. Uh, short like it was like a tv documentary called orion the man who would be king about a uh elvis mm-hmm. impersonator mm. interesting pretty, yeah orion's pretty pretty good i like I'm that, that. Huh? uh i've got that oj made in america which i'm sort of surprised didn't make it into your 2016 slot uh i try not to put any in there like i mean oj is awesome the only one i i had was twin peaks because i think that goes above and beyond um Exit like just life, I guess. But yeah, right. OJ is wicked. Who doesn't like OJ? Yeah, uh, I even included Tickled, documentary about. Oh, right. <laughs> hey, you really like that, hey? I did. Well, again, subject matter. It's uh, mm. it's, it's I found uh, the what they had to do very interesting. Uh, mm. And then finally, uh, I include an Adam Curtis documentary that I think becomes more relevant every week called Hyper Normalization. What's that about? It's about everything, RJ. It's about it's about the whole shebang. I think you've recommended that before. I've talked about uh, Adam Curtis quite a bit, and yeah. uh, that hasn't changed too much. And finally, before I let you do your top five <gasps> worst, worst, okay, uh, short film, mm-hmm. Gwilliam. Gwilliam. You know, I still haven't watched that. I know, pretty, pretty much out of spite. I know, but it's. I don't know. I think about Gwilliam all the time. <laughs> well, you should watch it again. I will See if it holds up. I have, and it does. Can we? Where? Where's William again on so, Vimeo so, so, so or something? Yeah, you have to rent it. It's uh, it's behind a, a paywall. I paid to actually download to own a copy of it, so I do have a, an MP4. But I don't believe in piracy, so well, neither do I. So That's you, why we have a good so Catholic can, podcast here. Yeah, uh, yeah. So it'll cost you folks two bucks, and uh, let me tell you, it's worth it. It's worth it every penny. Mm. You've rented. I'm, you've rented worse. Let me tell you. Yeah. Well, I, I I have rented worse, but a lot of those I rent with scene points, which aren't real money, right? Or are they? Not. It's fun money. Fun. Fun. Funny bucks. Fun bucks. Fun bucks. William, you know, I I was thinking of that the other day because I saw I was looking through Shutter and there was a movie called like Gwenin or Gwendolyn or something. I was like, is that that troll thing Jarrett loves? Was it Gret Greta? No, it was a. Uh... Okay, I'll take yeah, your word for it. Up, no, pulling up Shutter and uh, you me, know. Tell me, tell me your bottom five. Oh, just Gwen. Okay. <laughs> okay, bottom five. Uh, number five, anything with Ed Helms, because I think Ed Helms is a real piece of shit. Yep. That's a hard stance, but I'm taking it. 
number four, what about Baby Driver? It's the worst of the decade. No, I'm just kidding, but uh, I, I am still you pissed wanna, off you, about you, Edgar Wright. Yeah. <laughs> because dude's got, dude's got a lot of nerve, Jer. Yeah. A lot of nerve. Uh, no, number four would be The Dark Tower, the Stephen, the long, <laughs> gestated Stephen King movie. That thing is really bad. Yep. Number three, uh, Glass. Oh, my oh, man. I can't wait until you watch Glass <laughs> because Glass is like unbelievable uh number two call me by your name of course <laughs> because fuck that movie and fuck all of its fans uh, <laughs> and i'm i'm not going to talk about any of these in detail because i feel like i've talked about all of them in extreme detail and then before i hit number one just you know runners up mile 22 all eyes on me the tupac movie raw fuck them all i hate them number one jared hunter killer Yes, is the worst movie I have seen in so so long. I can't I can't even describe it. Hmm. Are, are you gonna take that on as a challenge and watch no. Hunter Killer one day with your friends? No, it is no. so. Bad. No, I'm good. I mean, it is and, so so no. bad. Bonus points because you did see that in theater too. I I saw it in theater and like that thing's like two hours and ten minutes and I just. Like, I think halfway through, I had one of those, like, um, come to God moments. And I was like, what am I doing with my life? I was like, why am I here? Why does any of this matter? Why am I watching Hunter Killer in theaters for 122 minutes? I don't know. What is this? Bad choices. Fuck. Yeah, it uh, it was a real bad one. But, yeah, you know, all of those movies in general suck real bad. So I hope that uh, stimulates you in some way. Very stimulated. Very stimulated. Well, hopefully that stimulated you all. And now yes. we're going to read your emails. First oh, do you up, think they have some? Uh, they, they probably do. We asked. Well, okay. some, not all, but some. Sam Sanchez. Hello, mm-hmm. guys. I might be late with this one since I'm not sure what you uh, two are doing to record with the foreboding new year. If not, happy new year, guys. Well, perfect timing. Mm-hmm. Last week, when discussing the 70s recommendations of late, Jarrett mentioned Kino releases of Charlie Varick and Blue Collar and just wanted to reiterate the greatness of UK's indicator line as both are indicator releases, though to Jarrett's defense, both mm-hmm. are two of the very few region locked titles. Aha. But come on, bite the bullet on a region-free player. Uh, I actually do have a region-free Blu-ray player. My yeah. issue there is that when I buy a movie that I know I like, it kind of defeats the purpose of not being able to lend these movies out to people and spread the good word because most people don't have region-free Blu-ray players. Mm-hmm. That's that's the thing. Well, and you've mentioned before, too, that's a whole other hole, like, hole to fall down, right? Yes. Once you get into that sticky business and then you're buying shit from England left and right. like, And then eventually it comes out in Region A and I go, God damn it, I paid all these import fees. <sighs> yeah, it's just, it's easier to wait it out, I think. Mm-hmm. And speaking of 70s recommendations, and then he leaves off, and there was a second email where he writes, so I realized in my last email I set up a potential recommendation for RJ, but then didn't actually leave one. That's what I get for sending it from my phone and stop make, stopping mid-email to actually check if RJ bothered to watch any of the previous recommendations, <laughs> which he seemingly did not, and forgetting not to do true. so afterwards. So not if true. you could plug in a recommendation for straight time, that would be swell. Happy New Year <laughs> once again. <laughs> Is straight time a recommendation for me? Yes. Yeah, straight time's good. Okay, I I do have to say yeah. I I still took his all those recommendations into account. Uh, I did watch a creep 
creeper recommendation this holiday season. But was and I'll it, get to it. But what was it? Silent Partner or Long Goodbye? Did 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 this film star Elliot Gould? And the answer is uh, no. Elliot Gould was not there, but Ned Betty was. Okay. You know about Ned Betty? I heard about him. Yeah. I did actually have a question though. What are some of your favorite memorable names in a movie? The name itself does doesn't actually have to be all that cool, but just a name for some reason reason stands out to you. Names that are also the title of the movie are ex- excluded. Normally, I'm very horrible at remembering mm-hmm. character names in any movie, even immediately after, even during the movie. Just bad with paying attention to names generally. That said, John Carpenter has a decent track record for me with names for me like Jack Burton and R.J. McReady. And also, for some reason, Fright Night has names that have stuck with me. Jerry Dandridge, Peter Vincent, and Charlie Brewster. So, any memorable names for you guys that have for some reason stuck with you? Dirk Diggler? Walter Sobchak? Who's Walter Sobchak? What? Big Lebowski? (laughs) Oh, I can't remember that shit, dude. See? I thought he was the dude. Well, there's the dude, but then there's there's then John there's Goodman's Walter. character, your favorite person. Yeah, but I didn't know, remember his last name. Walter Sobchak. Happy mm. New Year, guys. Will <laughs> we'll sometime in 2020 be the first time I attempt a creep's appearance? Who knows? <gasps> I have like 20 plus upcoming years to do so. Well, hey, we, know that, we know that Sam Fuller's coming for you. It's coming for your wallet, Sam. How soon is that? The Sams. Uh, sometime this, later this year. Ooh, shit. So, well, there you go. He's got, uh, he said a long time ago, I'm expecting it. I'll be very sad. Mm. I uh, I like his question about names. I just can't pull any off off the top of my head other than Dirk Diggler. But that's just uh, yeah. for ironic wit. What about Jared Duncan? Not bad. What about Red Duck? That's not a bad name. Not too bad. Not too bad. Colin Richards writes in. Ooh, RJ and Jarrett. I didn't know I was Uh-oh. looking for Peter Cushing movies until Jackson said I was, but I could always use more of him in my life. I checked out Horror Express, The Mummy, and Shockwaves, and I'm pleased nice. to report I enjoyed all three. Nothing nice. else worth mentioning besides my top ten of the decade. I'll send my favorite first watches next episode, as I'm sure this will be a lengthy episode. Good idea, because we'll talk Good about idea. that. We'll talk about that next week too. Mm-hmm. So uh, he did the RJ. He goes by nice. year. 2010 cool. Troll Hunter. 2011, Ooh. yeah, Twirl Hunter's good. Yeah. 2011, uh, Jiro Dreams of Sushi. 2012, mm-hmm. The Master. 2013, mm-hmm. Her. Mm-hmm. 2014, Interstellar. Yep. 2015, Mad Max Fury Road. Yeah. 2016, Kubo and the Two Strings, which I, I haven't seen. <gasps> uh, I actually it's do. It's on Netflix. Yeah, I think I actually, I, or also, it was. I found the Blu-ray for cheap because I was buying all those um, Leica things. I think mm-hmm. it's like as well. Yeah. Uh, 2017, Phantom Thread. Mm-hmm. 2018, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Yep. And 2019, RJ, uh, a movie that I have not included yet because I'd want to. I have to give it some more time to stew. The Lighthouse. Mm-hmm. Oh right, which I have not yet seen, but it's, that might change. It's it's the best movie I saw this year. Really? Over this, Upgrade. Of 2019. Yeah. I, well. <laughs> Upgrade is a, a above time. Oh, no, for, for movies of 2019, you see. Yes, I know. I definitely had the toughest time choosing for 2014. That was a pretty mm-hmm. killer year. Thanks for a fun 2019, Creeps, and cheers to the new decade. First time, Ooh. long time, Colin Richards. Wow. Nice to hear from, uh, I mean, it's always nice to hear from new new fans. So uh, I, I support you, Colin Richards. And a uh, good list, a lot of overlap. Lots of overlap. Yeah. Reese Hachstol. Ooh, is this uh, that sugar sugarhead guy? I think so. 
Oh, potentially. Dear Jarrett Fun Lovin' Duncan and RJ <laughs> Loaf Baylog. Ooh. Happy New Year's, boys. I've enjoyed digging into the land of movies with you in 2019 and hope that you have an excellent 2020. Over the nice. Christmas break, I was able to watch There Will Be Blood, which I think is a perfect movie, and mm-hmm. was reminded that No Country for Old Men also came out that year. Well, there you go. With it being a new year, I wanted to ask, is there any year for you that stands out as being the best one for movies ever? Obviously, 2005 is an early frontrunner mm-hmm. for me, as this is the year that Capes was released. Looking forward <laughs> to your thoughts. Keep on creeping on. Well, it's nice to hear from that big sugary bastard. Um, best year ever. Tough to say, my man. Let me go to my stats and see what. There's like some people who've time. written. There's like a documentary or book or some project that says 1999 was like the super stellar year for film. Um, I know the 70s is pretty. Like there's some pretty sick years, RJ. Pretty sick. Pretty I, can't, sick. I can't remember what it is offhand. I can't remember if it was like 76. I remember that was like the weakest year, but yeah, mm. there's definitely some decades in this or some years in the 70s that are like pretty uh pretty wild pretty stellar and then by yeah, 99 kind of seemed to be standout ish with a lot of movies that people still hold on to but i think it's also you had this like like baby boomer children of baby boomer generation coming through 1999 so those movies really stuck with a ton of people and now mm-hmm. we kind of cycled over to the next because i mean like 2014 2015 were both pretty had some pretty standout stuff going on so I I kind of uh, I do agree with you on the 99 thing. I think my uh, overall stats are probably worn out a little bit because I watched so much it probably kind of evened out. Here's a weird anomaly for you. My highest rated year is 1968. Okay. Just on average. Because you got uh, he- like 2001 and Night Night of the Living Dead. 2001 Night of the Living Dead. Yeah. Uh, Devil Rides Out. Yep. Planet of the Apes. Yep. Where Eagles Dare. Uh, there's other stuff yeah. like Witchfinder General. So just like on average, you know, but yeah, 99. That's when, uh, isn't that when the Sixth Sense came out? Uh, or 98, 98 or 99. But I've never considered that movie that awesome. So. What else? Oh, Fight, and Fight Club, Fight Club, baby. Ooh, Idle favorite. Hands came out in 99. That go. is a good year. No. Nice. Nice. Next up. Our friend from Lithuania, RJ, <gasps> George Holschmeiner. Holschmeiner, nice. Hey, guys. It's been a while since I wrote in, but I wanted to let you know that it's great that you discovered Dick Moss. He is our Dutch cult hero in Amsterdam, and The Lift are his best works. Yeah, damn right. Nice. Mm-hmm. He has a very popular trilogy about a white trash family moving into an upscale neighborhood where hijinks ensue. But I don't know how well available this is and how well it translates into other cultures. When I was watching Blue of the Three Colors trilogy, I saw the protagonist mm-hmm. pouring a cup of hot coffee over some vanilla ice cream. And I wanted to do the same mm-hmm. thing immediately as well, with great result. Did you guys ever try a new food combination after seeing it in a movie or television show? Another example is the omelette from Tempopo, or when I saw someone dip their fries in a milkshake. I believe this was in Prison Break. When the situation appears, this is something interesting to try. I mean, I'm definitely going to try this hot coffee ice cream now, now that it's been presented to me. Well, you like ice cream and coffee. I do. I like them both. Uh, I can't think of any uh, certain foods, but you know what always really got me was the Simpsons. Any food in the Simpsons? 
Like cartoon like, food like, just looks good. You like know? you mean frozen pie crust, cloves, and uh, Tom Collins mix? <laughs> Tom Collins mix? Uh, a, a single plum floating in perfume served in a man's hat, perhaps? Mm-hmm. No, like you know how the beer always had like foam on it? Maybe yeah. that's where the root of my uh, problems comes you from. You always think of like when uh, Mo like really shaves off the top of that foam? <sighs> yeah. It should, f- food just looks so good in cartoon form, Jer. Uh, I think I've said before, but... Uh... Smoking never looked more delicious than it did in eight and a half. Mm. Uh, you ever seen Hollywood Land with Ben Affleck? I, I have not. Smoking's pretty good in that movie, Jer. <laughs> Let me tell you. Finally, George writes, mm. my top 10 of the decade. Ooh, baby. Arrival. Ooh, haven't heard of that yet. Interstellar. <gasps> Aliens. Uh, 10 J-A-G-T-E-N. I do not know that one. Uh, well, Jogden? You don't know Jogden? Come on. I guess not. Uh, Mavi du Courget. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's got aliens in it, too. Play. Yeah. Cool. Room. Cool. Skyfall. Ooh, shit. Take Shelter. Damn. Thunder Road. <gasps> Thunder Road. And, and I RJ, like it. And RJ's favorite movie. We need to talk mm-hmm. about Kevin. Oh... You're also right. Don't hold back when commenting about my bad taste. All the best for 2020. I'm on board with most of them, except for uh, that Kevin movie. <laughs> and you the, know? You're, you're good with the ones you don't know what they are, too? <laughs> yeah, sure. If I haven't seen them, it's new to me, right? Isn't, that's, that's fine. Isn't that how it works? I think so. Nice. And f- almost finally, almost finally. We've got Justin Peterson. Ooh, baby. Hey, Jared and RJ. Happy New Year. All right, I wanted to give my two cents toward your best of the decade conversation. So here is my list where I selected the two or three movies I thought <gasps> were the best, most significant from each year. Oh, baby. Okay, it's so 2010. He's got Black Swan and The Social Network. Oh, okay, yeah. Uh, that's yeah. actually kind of uh, amazing that those movies Shocking. are that old. Yeah, I didn't I didn't even think about that. Yeah, it's uh, surprising. Shocking. I didn't see, uh, you know what? I didn't get to see Black Swan in theater. Fucking... Loser. That social network <laughs> score was pretty good. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 2011, Midnight in Paris and Shame. <gasps> Ooh. Whoa. I didn't, well, Shame. Uh, mm, Midnight in Paris is good. 2012, The Master and It's Such a Beautiful Day, the Don Hertzfeld animation. That's that. Yeah, the animated one. Yeah. I haven't seen that. Is it good? It is good. I like okay. it. Uh, 2013, Blue is the Warmest Color. And 12 Years a Slave and Under the Skin. Ooh, fuck. Hey, why doesn't he pick uh, some uh, serious movies? Those are all lighthearted comedies. Mm-hmm. You know? 2014, and this is one of the ones that I, I had to leave off, Whiplash mm-hmm. and Nightcrawler. Ooh, yeah, I was thinking about Nightcrawler too, but uh, all the other movies in 2014, I was like, they they just out, out nudge it a little bit. Yeah, you I know. think the, the one thing that always holds me back on Nightcrawler is the the music use and the fact that mm-hmm. uh, his follow up movie was not very good. <laughs> now I don't know if you can. I can't remember what it was. The Kilroy's oh, the Velvet Buzzsaw was him. Oh and right. So I'm like, oh, maybe Nightcrawler's not so good. I don't know, but I, I I did see that movie twice in theater, which is a rare thing indeed. Yes, indeed. 2015 Room and Hateful mm. Eight extended cuts. Oh yeah. Which I guess would be the Netflix version. Or the third. I don't know how that's worked. There's like a. Th- I don't know. I have no idea. I've yeah, heard hateful- conflicting things. Yeah, that's surprising. Hateful Eight's kind of a mixed bag for me. 
I, I remember liking it. I saw that alone in theaters. No, oh. good. Twenty sixteen <laughs> yep. Swiss Army Man. Yeah. Note: I am not pandering to the show. And yeah. this is a wild one: a cure for wellness. I know Ooh. this movie gets shit on, but I loved it. Isn't that on Netflix? I think so. Fuck, we should watch that. I don't have any recommendations for movies, so maybe I'll just start picking out movies other people like. 2017, Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri. Ooh, Justin. Ooh. A movie I've never seen. but And Blade Runner 2049. Oh, Justin. <laughs> you should uh, you should watch both of those, Jer. Well, Your 2020 I'm, should be watching movies my, like those. My 2049, I've, I've already done that twice. I'm good. I'm fine. Oh, you should watch three billboards. I, I even own the. I even own that goddamn thing on 4K. I'm an idiot. I gave mine away. <laughs> I, I donated it. Oh, 2018, blind spotting and the favorite. Honorable mentioned mm-hmm. a Mission Impossible Fallout, which I would say is the best action movie of the decade. What? Come on, Road Warrior. Road Warrior. Not Road Warrior. Road Mad Warrior? Max. Mad Max. Fury Road. You nerd. Furry Road. Furry Road. Furry. <laughs> 2019. Uncut gems and parasite. I'm pretty stoked. Hmm. I'm pretty stoked about that uncut gems. I, I see a lot of praise. I I mean, if you know my track record, Jared, when my boy Adam Sandler, I like him in general, but when he's doing serious ass shit, ooh, ooh, and the Safdie brothers, oof, mm-hmm. uh, ooh, breaking news, Jared. I just got an important live update. We are getting Uncut Gems in our second-run theater February 7th. Okay. So uh, people can uh, wait an entire month and a week, and then uh, we'll report back on that because I believe we'll we'll be attending, no? Yes, I believe so. (laughs) So what do we got here? Next up from Justin. Next, how many movies did you end up logging for the year? And did you do any total number boosting by logging a bunch of comedy specials and shorts at the end? I sure know. I know I sure did. And my total was 455, which was a big drop from 2018 when I hit my 500 movie goal. Mm. Uh, I apparently hit 543. So uh, I didn't do any juking, but I mean, my current throughout the year, I juke it a little bit with lots of shorts. I uh, get this, Jared. Well, we also watched you and I, we watched those brackages. Brackage and then Troma and then Creeptober. Those, uh, I there, think there, that's there, probably there, there 150. No, there was no massaging the stats, though. We've watched those Troma movies. Oh, oh yeah. I mean, the Brackages, too, except for the one that I uh, I fast-forwarded through. Like Dogstar Mans? Uh, not, that was the one I did watch. <laughs> um, here's my number, Jared. This is going to upset you a little bit. 358. You didn't hit 365, you loser. I was, I was seven short. You loser. Seven short. And I, I've been on a tear this last week, too. I've been putting down like three, four a day. Well, not really. You're such a failure. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Go to movie question of the week. What uh-huh. are your favorite time travel movies, including your breakdown of the Back to the Future trilogy? Primer is one of my faves, which is a twisty, confusing good time. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Creeps, and here's to another great year in movie watching. Uh, yeah, my time travel movie that I was reminded of this week was Looper. That movie's uh, pretty ah. cool. I'd have to watch it again. Maybe it mm-hmm. stinks. I don't know. I really liked Looper. I really liked uh, Primer. I thought you were yep. going to say T2. Wow. Because that's technically a time <sighs> Techn- travel technically. movie. Uh, you know what's not a good time travel movie? Hmm. Predestination. <laughs> I just searched time travel and I'm going yeah. down in order. Yeah. I remember I watched that and everyone was like, it's fucking going to blow your mind, man. Time crimes and is like, cool too. Time crimes? Yeah. I've heard 
people say Fun. things of the sort. Decent. Oh, I got my pick. Easy. Easy, Jared. Austin Powers, the spy who shaved me. Is that time travel? Yeah, because that's the sequel. That's when they do go back to the 60s. I see. I don't even remember that. And uh, as far as the breakdown of the Back to the Future trilogy, uh, first one's a masterpiece, second one's fun, third one, Cowboys. Uh, I agree with you for the most part, but uh, I actually kind of like the third one because I like Cowboys. I don't mind it. It's Some yeah. people really, uh, I don't know, I'd have to rewatch that again. But yeah, the first one is un- untouchable. Far, uh, as far as like that type of movie going goes, uh, I, when the last time I did watch it, which was a while ago, I really admired how like tight and like crafted mm-hmm. that thing is like i was like wow look at this room it's like the opening of that is like so good the way that uh that was like big blockbustery 80s movies were mm-hmm. good example of it yeah i'm i'm on board with you cool all right yep. and and finally finally jackson hey, hey creeps <gasps> i hope you guys are doing good in this fine year first i'd like to say that i meant to suggest shockwaves to call on richards on purpose to see if you guys noticed Oh, and we did, and it turned out, and it worked out, as uh, Colin did watch Shockwaves. Also, I'd like to, uh, I'd suggest that film to anybody. In looking at my personal top ten films of the decade, aka films Jarrett didn't like but everyone else did. Yep. Mm-hmm. Number one, Inception, on, mm. which I'm surprised wasn't on your list either, RJ. Maybe, uh, well, I like Inception a lot, but I knew you would give me grief for it, so I was just like, I don't think it's H. Well, two prisoners. Oh, yeah. I like Prisoners. Prisoners is okay. Yeah. I thought Prisoners was good. Nocturnal Animals. Haven't seen it. That's right. Well, you've seen the first 15 minutes, maybe. Yeah. I yeah. liked part of the movie. Four, sure. Phantom Thread. I mean, come on, yeah. folks. Come, come on. on. <laughs> Knives Out. Patiently waiting for Jared to rip into this one. Small stay, stay tuned. Number mm-hmm. six, Suspiria. Oh, no. <laughs> Seven, Enemy. I like Enemy. Yeah, Enemy is good. Eight, The Master. It was better the second time I watched, uh, but still not super strong PT. Mm. It's no Phantom Thread. Nine, Like Someone in Love, which I don't know off the top of my head. Like Like Someone I Love? Like Someone in Love. Like Someone in Love. Boop, boop, boop. 2012 by Abis Kira. Oh, okay, Rostama. yeah, 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 yeah. Yep. Taste, uh, uh, taste of cherry. Uh, France and Japan. I'm not sure what that oh. means. Uh, an old man and a young woman meet in Tokyo. She knows nothing about him. He thinks he knows her. He welcomes her into his home. She offers him her body. But the web that is woven between them in the space of 24 hours bears no relation to the circumstance of their encounter. Ooh, baby. This sounds like a Frank Solano pick. A little bit. It does. Has Frank Solano watched it, though? Uh, Hard to say. Let's see. It's not looking like it. Nope. He has not. It sounds like one of his jams, though. It does. Okay. There you go. And then number 10, Hell or High Water. Come on. (laughs) Jackson. Uh, I thought that movie was fine. Uh, I know you really didn't like it, though. It's uh yeah, it's this type of movies. But I I don't know. Maybe they're speaking to this new generation, RJ. Whenever I think of that movie, it's I just think of Ben Foster. Days, you know, and he, he goes, "You a Comanche? Mm. You know what Comanche means?" And he explains uh Comanche to uh that indigenous fellow. My favorite first time watches 
for the year. He's just going to do it right now, I guess. Oh, hit no, it. Number one, The Elephant Man. Yes. Ooh, Come and wait. See. Yes. Mm-hmm. The Wages mm-hmm. of Fear. Yes. Mm-hmm. Letro. Yes. <gasps> the Good, yeah. The Bad, and The Ugly. Four and five are probably going yeah. to come across if I didn't listen to the podcast. Oh, really? Ooh, what? And finally, I figured with how many films you've seen that I've been meaning to, I'd make a, a challenge out of it, and I invite the other listeners to join in. Here's the link with the weekly categories, and I'd love to hear your thoughts and suggestions. So if you go over to uh, Jackson, so his username on there is it's J-Z-Z. Uh, J- so J-Z-A-R-O. That's that's our Jackson. And he has a okay. list. It's called To Watch the Criterion Creeps Weekly Movie. Hope Ooh, you guys and baby. all of the Creeps listeners have a fantastic new year. Axiom Jackson Maximus. There he is. So can you explain to me what what just happened? Because I, I heard it for a second and then I was like, wait. So he's creating a list uh, for everyone to follow along on? Yes, maybe. Nice. Uh, Interesting. I mean, we'll see if that how that plays. Oh, wait a minute. This page is not found. What? what? Is he deleted already? Maybe he did. Oh my god! What happened, Actium Jackson Maximus? Maybe I copy and pasted incorrectly. Maybe he was what? sick of your shit. No, it's not popping up at all. Hey, wait, I can go to his page. Give me a second here. He's right here, Jackson Actium Jackson Maximus. It's his letterbox account. Let's go to his lists. Maybe he still has it on private. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah, I don't see any. Yeah, I don't see it here. Jackson, you gotta, you gotta make that. Pr- Public. Don't tell him what to do. He can do whatever he wants. I like this idea. Let's do that. So wait, is it movies that we've seen already, or is it movies I don't to know. watch it's for the next? It's going to be mysterious one way or another. All right. I mean, I, I I don't have any recommendations for movies, so I'm open to whatever. You get it? I get it. And that's it for joke. emails. Nice. Thank you, one and all. Yes, thank you, friends of the show. Well, RJ. Yeah, we did it. We got our emails, our best of the decade list. It's now yes, to talk about what you've been creeping on this week. Oof. I could talk for a while, Jer. How I about could, you? I could too. Okay, this is going to be inconvenient for you, but no. Okay, I don't have to go bathroom yet, but I'm going to soon. Okay. Okay. What do you want to hear about? You want to hear about some Christmas movies? Sure. Okay, I'll rip through these pretty fast. Uh, I don't really want to talk to you about Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street. Okay. So I'm not going to. Fine. Uh, I watched a movie called Surviving Christmas uh, that featured, and I'm not even making this up, not only was Ben Affleck and James Gandolfini in it, but there was a Gabagool in this movie, Jared. Wow. It wasn't called Gabagool, but it was there. I saw it. It's in this movie. Have you ever heard of this movie? I have. So Ben Affleck has no one to spend Christmas with, so he just finds a house, and he's like, I used to live here. And he's like, I'll pay you to be my family for this Christmas. And it's James Gandolfini and his family. What a weird idea for a movie. It wasn't, it wasn't that bad. Like, I mean, it's it's not good or anything like that, but yeah. it was fine. It yeah. was on in the background. It was no biggie. Okay, that's all I'm going to talk about. So Re- real, What? No, I about that movie? Oh, okay, that's fine. Yep. I, I did the double feature of Jack Frost. Yeah, that, I want to hear about this. <laughs> So, have you uh, seen either of these films? I own the horror one. And the I one to, that came out and previous. I, and I talked about it on our show mm-hmm. at some point. You did? But but I've not seen the Michael Keaton Dead Dad one. Okay. Uh, I saw the Michael Keaton Dead Dad one in theaters when I was eight years old. Yeah. Uh, so, I watched Jack Frost first, the Michael Keaton one. Uh, I watched it with Andy. And I know this movie pretty well. 
So Michael Keaton is like this hip jazz guy, uh, and he's got this like new age jazz band, and they like play kind of like a mix between like rock and roll and like harmonica and piano shit. He's very hip, Jared. He wears yeah. fun hats. He's got frosted tips. Uh, he's got his son, uh, but his family's in trouble because he never really has time for them. He's always on the road playing music, and it's almost Christmas, and he's like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm 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 skipping the show. I know it's important, but but he's like, let's all go be with our families, and they're like, yeah. And then he dies. Yeah, <laughs> he, uh, he drive he he drives into a snowstorm, and then it cuts to it's like one year later. Uh, the kid is real edgy because he misses his dad. The mom's trying her best, you know. They're trying to pull it together. Dad, he's just full on. What are you doing over there? I didn't do anything. Okay. Maybe I'll plug in my computer, though. Maybe that. That'll help. Whoa. Are you there? Yeah. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, he dies, uh, and then they're having a hard go. And so in a fit of rage uh, and spite, the kid builds a snowman and then puts his dad's old clothes on it. And he's like, miss you, Dad, but I hate you because you left us. And he blows this harmonica, magic harmonica. Michael Keaton gets reincarnated in the snowman. He is Jack Frost. Oh, his name is Jack Frost in the movie before he's a snowman. Really? Yeah. And he's in the Jack Frost band. <laughs> ah. You get it? Playing his harmonica. His harmonica. So now he's in a snowman, and he, he finally has time. He's spending time with his kid. But time is measured because he's a snowman. So eventually it's going to get warmer, and he's going to melt, here. Uh, I think Jack Frost is okay. It's it's a it's a weird movie in a few ways because it's a uh, some of the stuff in it you're kind of like hmm that's a strange way to go about this like it's a 90s kids movie through and through so I kind of have some nostalgia for it but the real weird thing to take away from this is the bully there's like a bully who's like mean to the little kid and he's a year or two older and uh, his big thing is that he doesn't have a dad. And, like, there's a, a scene where he's bullying him, and one kid's like, hey, he's still sad because his dad died. And he's like, so what? At least he knew him. And you're like, oh, <laughs> shit. Like, this kid's, like, has no dad. And then later in the movie, the bully discovers the snowman, and uh, the Jack Frost kid's like, I got to get him up up uh, the mountain to so he doesn't melt. Will you help me? And the kid's like, you know what? Snow dad better than no dad. And uh, Andrew and I looked at each other and we're like, what? <laughs> because it's like this really weird like i don't even i don't know like what were they going for jerry what was the point of that i don't know i don't know either man <laughs> i really don't okay so then i watched uh the joe Bo that's it's jack frost what are you gonna do and then i watched the other jack frost the uh horror film that you have allegedly allegedly talked about before uh i watched the joe bob one because he just did it like a couple weeks ago and uh i like joe bob he's cool um jack frost the movie is fine there's nothing particularly good about it fine seems generous yeah yeah it's, like it's it's not good it's not it's not a, it's a, it's it's not, a bad it's a bad movie yeah it's about a killer snowman and he uh there's some weird stuff he rapes some people I don't know. It's not It's not very good. Yeah. So uh, I got that going for me. So that happened. Yeah. Uh, and then I watched, I did watch a fan-recommended movie, Jarrett. Yeah. 
Do you know the man, Peter Hewitt, who brought us Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey? What about Tom and Huck featuring Jonathan Taylor Thomas? Hmm. Garfield movie. You know this guy? Nope. <laughs> well, in 2002, yeah. he made a film, and the tagline for this film is, Saving the World One Blast at a Time. And that movie, Jared, is called Thunderpants. Hmm. This was recommended to me by a friend of the show, Frank Solano, uh, so people can thank him for this. Mm-hmm. Uh, this one, this one's a big one, Jer. You better buckle in for this guy. Thunderpants is, so my buddy Hot Cam was visiting. He just b- made a pie. Last year, we watched Tiptoes and Riding the Bus with my sister. So ah. I was like, you know, let's check out Thunderpants. Let's see what this thing's about. Yeah. This is a very strange British movie uh, that... It's got like, I guess, British humor, if that's a thing. Um, but it's got some weird, weird things in here. Here are some people that are in this movie, Jared. Ned Betty, Paul Giamatti, Stephen Fry, Simon, Simon Cowell, Rupert Grint. That's right. Ron Weasley. Kira Knightley appears in this for a little bit. Thunderpants is about a kid who can't control his farts. He wants to be an astronaut, and he writes a letter to NASA. He says, I want to be an astronaut, but I can't control my ass. Oh, well, maybe I'll get there one day. So you have this kid, and he farts a lot. When the movie opens, lady gives birth. Uh, a baby doll with a wig gets thrown at a wall, and then they pick it up, and they're like, oh, he's okay. Picture, and then he lets out a huge fart. Then what happens is he's a toddler, and it shows that he has real bad gas chair. Real bad. And his dad's making all these elaborate things to try to keep in his gas. He's putting garbage bags around him. He's got like a air conditioning vent tied up to his kid's butt. But then he's so he he like the kid narrates it and he's like, dad did his best. But, you know, eventually he couldn't take it and uh, he had to go work somewhere. And it shows his dad leave his family. And then what happens? He's like, mom didn't really like it either. The mom becomes an alcoholic. Yeah. Uh, so dad leaves, mom becomes an alcoholic, and then the kid's like, what are you going to do? So uh, that's how the movie starts, and then the kid farts a lot. This thing is a roller coaster uh, of a movie. So he goes to school. He's farting all the time, Jer. He can't control his farts. His best friend, Ron Weasley, is a super genius, and he invents him some thunderpants. So the thunderpants can, like, contain the farts. Uh, the bullies are after him. He's farting a lot. He, he gets like, they're holding him in, and then it, like one day it explodes out. Paul Giamatti's a secret agent. He sees the Thunderpants, uh, and then they take Ron Weasley away. And Thunderpants kid is like, oh, what's that about? Oh yeah, Thunderpants kids. That question earlier uh, about f- good names. This kid's name is Patrick Smash. That's pretty good. Uh, so Ron Weasley gets taken away. Thunderpants kid lets out a big one and uh, a opera singer hears it and uh, he's Simon Cowell, uh, not like the idol one, but uh, the bad guy from Ace Ventura, When Nature Calls, that's Simon Cowell. Uh, He hears the fart and it's a high note and he's like, hey, this kid's got this high note. He's going to come into my opera and I'm going to be better. So he gets the kid to go traveling the the world with him and whenever he hits the high note, the kid lets out a huge fart. Uh, this opera guy's rival finds out and then he poisons the kid. He shows up to the opera. He lets out a big fart. It's too big. 
it takes down the ceiling and it kills the guy. Oh, no. uh, and then what happens is the kid gets put on uh, trial, Jarrett, and he's found guilty of murder. And he gets sentenced to death by f- uh, firing squad. <laughs> so you have this kid's movie with a 10-year-old kid, and he gets lined up in a firing squad. Yep. And uh, they're about to shoot him. And then Paul Giamatti comes. Uh, he's working for Ned Betty. Ned Betty's the head of uh, NASA. It is where Ron Weasley has been because they're trying to save some astronauts trapped out in space. You find out that only kids work at NASA because they have the best minds, kind of like the baby geniuses thing. Uh, so they they pardon him. He gets taken to NASA, and he has to now power a spaceship solely on his farts. There's a line in this movie, Jer, when Ned Betty is trying to motivate everyone for the NASA rocket that's powered by farts. Right. And he, he gives this big speech, and then he says, all right, men, let's blow ass. And then it's the, the peak of the movie. Okay. So this thing was pretty wild. Uh, there was a lot of things I wasn't expecting. I wasn't expecting like that his parents would – split and leave i wasn't expecting the firing squad or the murder yeah um but it's got a lot of farts in it okay uh are you interested nope no no okay what, what do you want to hear about next year i don't know what else you got for me well i'm not going to talk to you about adam sandler Okay, that's fine. Good. Yeah. Uh, the next one I'll save because I think we'll talk about it together. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, I don't know if I watched any other movies. Uh, I don't know. Hmm. I uh, I did it, Jer. You did it. I watched that movie. You watched it. You watched that Rise of Skywalker. I watched a mockumentary depicting the day-to-day exploits of Alligator Man and his new sidekick. Leaping Lizard. So you finally did it. You finally found a little bit of time in your busy schedule. Yep. I got I got up nice and early. I threw this fucker on, and I was like, I'll do it. Yep. I'll watch Capes. Wow. So I've, I, I'm have now in an elite yep. guild of people uh, who have seen Capes, some listening to this show. I'm not sure what to say uh, because I don't want to give away anything. Right. How, what, what would you like to know? Uh, well, as the maker of this thing, I mean, I know mm-hmm. all of its secrets. You do know all of the secrets. Yeah. So, I mean, it'd be, it's, it's whether or not you want to share it with the, the listeners, give them a tease, you know, for since right now we have this like this deal where if you join Patreon, you, mm-hmm. you'll, you too will get a, a link to watch this and become part of the exclusive club. Well, that is how it works, correct? Uh, it is. Yeah. So uh, I'm not on Patreon, but I donate countless blood and tears and to the the podcast so uh uh, do you want me to describe what this movie is about sure absolutely uh, i don't know if people have really done so in any of the uh, praise that it's been given it seems very true yeah very true so what you have here uh is a 2005 film jared released in 2005 released in 2005 probably filmed what two years earlier 2003 yes Okay, so uh, I I believe, I'm not sure, but it looks like uh, Alberta, maybe mid-central Edmonton area. Um, You have a mockumentary-style movie, kind of like, not like The Office, 
but like how would you describe the mockumentary style filmmaking i think i think it's all part of i think it's accurate. american movie Sh- sure yeah this is a little american movie-ish uh and you have uh some superhero guys uh our leading man uh alligator man he takes you through his day-to-day he's making toast uh it's kind of novel to him it's not something he does a lot uh and he's training a new apprentice uh leaping lizard his new sidekick um he leaping lizard's uh really excited he kind of left his job he's giving it a real crack um he's got kind of this burt ward kind of feel to him uh and so you follow alligator man and leaping lizard as they kind of go about their day so uh, Alligator Man goes out and he saw some crime while Leaping Lizard does uh, lots of prep work at the house uh, and then gets things ready for when uh, Alligator Man's friends come over. Uh, guys like, uh, let's see here, Captain Satan, mm-hmm. he was one of them. Uh, what was um, what was the Czech guy, Jer? Oh, Charming Czech. Charming Czech, yeah. And then uh, I believe one of the characters was just Jesus Christ. Jesus the Magician. Jesus the Magician, yeah. Uh, and then, uh, I, I got a little confused cause there were some other, there were some other, like there was lots of villains. Yep. Uh, but, uh, these were his, his, uh, associates. Uh, and then you get a rival, a hot young stud by the name of red duck. And uh, this guy knows how to fill out some, uh, some underpants. Let me tell you, Jerry. Yeah. So you get a little competition between alligator man and red duck. And then you see alligator man and, uh, captain Satan and Jesus, the magician, uh, and all the boys, they're kind of. You know, reminiscing about good old days. They're playing poker. They're having a laugh. And uh, you you see some other things. Maybe some of the guys aren't exactly what they appear to be. Maybe some of them are. Do you think that's a fair sure. and accurate description it's, of? Uh, it's, it's, it's better than most letterbox synopses. It's probably better than most. Uh, so I watched this thing. Uh, I left it unrated because I feel like that would be that's fair. Mm-hmm. I don't want to give a biased opinion. Uh, and just for people out there, I haven't talked to Jared about this. He's he getting not. my, my reactions live and raw. Um, I thought you did a very good job, Jared. Well, <laughs> and that, and that's, that's the best compliment I'm going to give you. There you go. No, it's a, it's good. I liked it. It's got some nice humor. It's well mm-hmm. put together. Mm-hmm. It's good. Good little show. It's in I, uh, good, good little show. I think you should, um, have a little revival and get this thing out there for the fans. Mm-hmm. Well, that's what Patreon's for. I, I guess. Open up I those guess. pockets, folks. So I took the liberty and I uh, submitted it to Sundance. Oh, great. Um, Good. So we'll we'll see what comes of it, I guess, right? Great. Great. Yeah, it's a nice little show. Well, thanks, RJ. No problem. I got some Christmas movies to talk about very quickly. Oh, boy. I, got, I had two... Christmas classics, perennials that I got out of the way at long last. Which ones? Comedies, allegedly. Oh. Jingle all the way. Ooh, baby. So I, I always had the sense that Arnold Schwarzenegger was good at doing comedy. I didn't get yes. that. I didn't get that here. I didn't uh, get maybe that here. you watched it wrong. Maybe. Um, Sin Bad is here, yeah. who I haven't thought about for a long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, Phil Hartman, uh, God bless him dead mm-hmm. taken away from us he plays like yeah he's trying to cuck out arnie it it appears that way doesn't yeah, it? yeah it seems like that's kind of his goal he's trying to bang yeah. he's like banging all the lonely housewives but he really mm-hmm. wants arnie's um and there's a toy thunder man or some shit 
that is that uh, accurate? radioactive man sure and yeah. uh yeah oh and uh jake lloyd anakin skywalker himself is the kid in this really yeah i don't think i knew that there's there's like i don't know there seems to be something wrong with him but uh that's okay i won't hold it mm-hmm. against the little shit but uh yeah yeah th- this movie is uh really really not thin to write home about um <laughs> i guess i should have been there uh when it when it was uh, you know new and fresh yeah, and i'd be like oh man this is great stuff Turbo man there's a scene where a police officer this ongoing uh-huh. villain of the film He's always like right where Arnie's like at, and he's always being Arnie's always doing the wrong thing. And this cop says, "Oh, I'm going to get you." Mm-hmm. But there's one scene where Sinbad, who's playing the um, the irate postal worker, who's going to mm-hmm. go postal because that was the mm-hmm. mid '90s. Um, they're like they're in a tough spot at a radio station trying to get this toy because that's the whole mm-hmm. movie. They're trying to get this really highly sought after toy on Christmas Eve, but everywhere is sold out. And uh, there's a contest at a radio station. They all show up there. And mm-hmm. Sinbad really wants it, so he starts saying he's got a bomb in his mailbag. He's going to blow the whole place up, but he doesn't. Mm-hmm. But then the cops show up, and he says that he does have a bomb in his bag, and then he is able to kind of use that to escape and leave the bomb behind. And then when the one cop, he goes up, this is fine. I've, I used to be on the bomb squad. And he shakes it up, but then it explodes because it turns yep. out that the package was, in fact, just happened to be a bomb, and Sinbad didn't even know that. And then they do this comical uh, cut back to the cop who just looks like uh, Looney Tunes character who's been exploded, <laughs> but rather than a man who's been maimed horribly. But mm. the best part is, like, mm-hmm. what, an hour or two later, he, he's back, he's still on the job, and his hands have just been bandaged up because apparently well, this guy's, like, like, a different kind of cop. Well, Jared, I don't know if you know, but, like... The police force is stretched out pretty thin. It's not a great time. So, like, you, he didn't have any time to recover. He's got to get back to work. He probably doesn't have any, like, insurance or, uh, you know, leave. You got you to get back out there. <laughs> that's that's a shitty uh, department. He's, he better talk to his union about it. Well, if he has one. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, so, yeah, that was, that was a movie. Um, and then, so. Mm, I like that movie. On, on Christmas. Uh, for the fam. For the family, I brought out. Uh, I, I've had some options. I had some horror Christmas movies mm-hmm. as well, and uh, they were like, "Yeah, let's check out this Silent Night, Deadly Night." The the, the first. Oh, oh, not the Garbage Day one. No, that would be part two. They they watched right. it. We laughed. They laughed at the slasher movie, mm-hmm. and uh, that was that was fine. I enjoyed that. Yeah. So then we then we followed it up with Elf with Will Ferrell. Oh, nice. Where. No one laughed. No one oh, laughed, RJ. Not even your No. no none, none of your family it liked was, it at all. It was it was just quiet. Like the entire movie. Mm. And I think it's because this movie has no edge at all. No, this is like the, this the, movie is for like little little kids. Oh, uh, I don't know. Little little kids. It seems like a lot of uh little kid brains in the, are a lot of people who like this movie. Fuck. Yeah. This movie though. Hmm. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know what I was expecting. I, like when Don Newhart shows up right at the beginning, I was like, like kind of stoked because I'm like, I love Don Newhart. I haven't mm-hmm. thought of him forever. Mm-hmm. And then he's not really in it that much. Uh, Ed Ed Asner, he's Santa Claus. Yeah. Uh, Will Ferrell plays this movie pretty straight. The closest mm-hmm. thing it got to like kind of like I would say edgy humor, I guess, is when uh, the the elf, the titular mm-hmm. elf, uh, what's his name in this? Buddy. Buddy. Buddy mm-hmm. elf. 
when he goes to New York and he's like exploring the world and he finds gum on rails going down to the subway and he picks it up and eats it and he proceeds mm-hmm. to keep eating more of it. I mean, mm-hmm. that was kind of filthy, I guess. But other than that, a whole, whole lot of lifelessness here in Elf. I don't know. I don't get it. I don't get it. John Favreau, get fucked. Yeah, I don't know. I don't really know much about John Favreau. 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 John Favreau. He did that Iron Man, right? Yeah, he he did a lot of things, but I don't know. I thought Elf was fine when I watched it. Like, I I don't know. I don't have any strong dis feelings towards it. Right. It's fine enough. I did watch a uh, a nice sleazy piece of shit on my own called Santa Claus. C L A W S, directed by John A. Russo, the mm-hmm. untalented member of the original creative team of Night of the Living Dead. The Russo brothers? Yeah, exactly. One of them? The dad. Oh, the father perfect. of the Russos, I'm assuming. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he made this movie. Uh, it's just an excuse to show a bunch of ladies dancing in lingerie while there's a, a real sad bastard going Ooh. around killing people. I like he, that. Because he's all messed up. He had a bad mm-hmm. he had a bad time. His mom started sleeping with her. her husband's brother and the kid lit him up and now he's all screwed up in the head and uh is really obsessed with uh actually a trauma woman uh deborah jean deborah morris or something like that who's like i was one of my, my most watched actresses of the year De- debbie roshan that's her name mm-hmm. so she's mm-hmm. in this um showing off the goods and uh the what the goods oh okay sorry the- i needed i needed to you to say that again yeah so that movie happened, but you know what? I kind of enjoyed it more. It it, it goes way too goddamn long, and most mm-hmm. people really hate on this unfairly because I liked it more than Jingle All the Way or Elf. So there's that. Uh, I mean, I think Jingle All the Way is pretty good. You you weren't like it's Turbo Time all day. I was not. Did you watch that one with your family? Right, Santa Claus. No, uh, Jingle All the Way. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Did I they did. like it? No. Mm. No, we were all kind of. Huh. Wow. I think I think my my parents seem to like find it charming a little bit. Yeah. Elf, none. There's no charm. But you know what? I watched RJ. What's that? In the theater. <gasps> Knives Out. That Ryan Johnson movie. Mm. A movie that uh, I was going in kind of like, oh boy, this looks real smug. The trailer mm-hmm. looks real dumb. I, I don't give a shit about murder mysteries and the references mm-hmm. that this is going to be making. Just have at it. I'm gonna I'm gonna tear this one a new one, just like Jackson alluded to in his email. And this movie's okay. It's pretty good. <gasps> I think you're shocking the world here, Derek. I know. I'm I, I'm changing the the script the here. No, this was uh good. I liked it. Daniel Craig plays a a southern man, which is really hard to get past when you know him yeah. as an Englishman. But he's doing a southern dandy kind of man. He's a he's a private detective. He's on the case mm. of a a uh, mystery writer who has mm-hmm. died apparently of suicide in his own home that mm-hmm. uh, one character says it looks like a clue board. Wink. Oh. This movie is all star casted out. Yes, it is. It's got lots of people. It's the mm-hmm. type of movie that uh, people who, like your parents, who go and go, oh, it's that, who, what's that person's name? Oh, what's that show they're from? That's what this movie exists for. I've seen someone mm-hmm. on Twitter make this joke as well, but it's so true. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, what can you say about this? I, I think you'll see where things are going pretty early, but it still has some like tension because it doesn't necessarily go where you expect it to. 
And uh, everybody's, I mean, what, what do we got? We even got that Chris Captain America Evans. Chris Evans? Play, what play, about Jamie Lee Curtis? Play, playing a man named Ransom. Ransom? Ransom. What? Jamie Lee Curtis, Don Johnson, Michael Shannon, who uh, <gasps> I didn't get to mention we were talking about that Take Shelter earlier. It's like mm-hmm. he, he talks and I laugh. There's something about he is like so weirdly awkward all the time. And mm-hmm. I, I just, <laughs> so I always appreciate when uh, Michael Shannon's on my screen, especially nowadays. Like, because mm-hmm. he's kind of, he is kind of like risking turning into a parody of himself. Uh, what about like uh, Bad Boys 2? Did you like Michael Shannon in that movie? No, because he hadn't, he hadn't fully formed yet. Uh, he wouldn't have been a parody yet. Well, do you think he'll be in Bad Boys 3? Oh. I hope so. When we go see it, we we'll see. I guess. Hey, we'll find out. We'll find out. So, yeah, so no, it's good. It's good. It. You should yeah. you should watch it. I didn't. I don't love it as much as some folks do. Yeah. Um, my inclination to watch this again is pretty low, but I mean, I also really like Looper, and I still haven't watched that either. So I don't yeah. know. But yeah, Ryan Johnson's good. People uh, bust his balls a lot for that Last Jedi crap, but I feel like. We'll talk about it. I think uh, we'll talk I think about it. Time will time will be I, better on him I, than I, on I, others. I did get to watch Knives Out uh, for a theatrical review. Uh, I did get to sit beside a, a chubby little man with his wife, mm-hmm. who uh, was it sounded like he was drowning in phlegm the entire time. In what? In, in phlegm in his own oh my mucus. God. Just <clears throat> all those, a lot of those. I don't want to go deeper because people are listening to this via headphones. I'm sure and it's horrible. Sure. Just make um, a huge phlegm sound. Just, 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 just toss in like popcorn kernels out of his bag mm-hmm. onto the floor because mm-hmm. someone else will pick that up. And then just belching, belching out loud and then turning to his wife and go, excuse you. <laughs> and uh, talking at the screen, <laughs> you. talking at the movie screen and doing, who's that? Isn't that, oh, wasn't that, what's her name? Oh, I think like, this is while the movie's happening. Terrific. But then he's, but luckily he just passed out. Oh, he he full on fell asleep, yeah. and oh yeah, nice. several times. And then his wife kept elbowing him awake, but he didn't talk anymore. He was drowsy. Uh, to my other side was a Asian man with his wife, and he seemed to be very comfortable and uh, watching the movie. But there's like this one subtle like jump scare in the movie, and he <laughs> lost it. He he like scared or yeah, thought it was scared. Cool? scared okay. he was so scared i don't know if it's because it involved a spider or not but yeah I've, I've never been beside someone and he was quietly reacting like he was oh, he, didn't, he didn't yelp out he was mean. just like trying to get away silently i was like what's wrong with this yeah. dude but yeah it's it's always strange when you see people respond in such a way yeah. it's like when i was at real steel and that guy was couldn't fucking like control himself right it's weird right yeah, yeah. And then RJ, we watched Star Wars: Rise of Skywalker. So RJ, um, yeah, this... would you like to talk about our theatrical experience first? Uh, yeah, because I, mean, I think it's, in some ways, I think it reflects on the film as well. It does a hundred percent because the, the, uh... the, the theme mm-hmm. is popcorn. I mean, yes, it is. Okay, so a few things happened for us to get to this movie. So we were planning to go to it for a couple days and I made the foolish mistake of not getting the D box tickets beforehand because I mean, you and me, we got to do the D box first week out or second week out real busy shows. I I was checking. They'd been selling out. I was like, I don't want to have to go like an hour early 
forget all that noise. It's like, we got to get that deboxed. So we wanted to go to an earlier show when it was sold out. And we're like, God damn it. So we went to a later one. And uh, when we showed up at the theater, it said sold out too. And we're like, man, it's going to be busy in there. We get into the theater. It's only about half full. Movie starts. And we're like, huh, I wonder where everyone is. And then that's all it got to. So yep. the movie theater just outright lied yep. that it was sold Unless out. Unless they were just saying the D-box seats were sold out. But I, I don't think it was because like it's it was that yeah. main well, I TV saw it. thing. I, I saw the, that screen. At the front of the theater. So I was like, oh, well, that's weird. Uh, because if we had known that, we would have went to the earlier one. But then I guess we wouldn't have seen all of the madness that ensued. <laughs> so uh, there were a few things that happened in the theater. You know, you have your general general chit chat going around uh one thing that was pretty funny was in the aisle immediately in front of us just a seat or two over gentleman got up to go to the bathroom at one point and you he walked and he walked the long way around too oh yeah he was at like he was on the far left side and he walked all the way through the aisle to yeah, get to, to the, the right, right side yeah. it was like you could have passed like four people to go left or like 25 to go right it's like i don't know why he made that decision but what are you going to do? Uh, and then you see him. He he hits this group of like three, four guys. And uh, it's it's a real challenge for him to get through. These guys are they're big dudes. They got lots of popcorns and pops and things like that. So he he's kind of like straddling, <laughs> straithing over these guys to get around them. Yeah. And I, you and me both looked and kind of acknowledged. We're like, huh, OK. Uh, so he goes. He comes back in. He's trying to walk his way through. And uh, he takes a big, big wide step, and then it just comes down. It's like crunch. The sound he, of the unmistakable sound of popcorn getting knocked over and stepped on. And stepped on. And I, I thought about it later, and I was like, you know what? It wasn't totally his fault because that guy should have just picked up his popcorn, you know? Put it put under it, the seat, tuck it. Put it. Do anything. Like, because it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I put my popcorn on the ground too, but if someone gets up to walk by, yeah. Just grab it. Just hold on to it for a second and lean back. It's dark. You can't see. Yeah, you can't see. So I, I didn't even blame that guy, but it was, it was pretty hilarious because he full on just tranched through <laughs> all that popcorn, and we, we look at each other and we just laugh and we're like, yep. Well, it was like the most entertaining nice. thing in the movie at that point. Until after the show. Yes. Uh, which has to be mentioned. So I've mentioned oh, before. I without think. I doubt. Uh, I can't remember what movie it was. Maybe it was Hunter Killer or something like that. I went to the bathroom. Uh, as I've mentioned before, I'm always going to the bathroom. Uh, so I really had to go after the movie. And one time I saw a guy put his popcorn on top of the urinal and just horrified at it. I was like, what are you doing? And we talked about this just briefly, but in my mind, because this guy was either. Okay, so this is what happened. I was at the urinal and I was going and this guy gets up beside and he's got a full on bag of popcorn, completely full. He bends over, puts it down, and slides it underneath the urinal, and then he unzips and goes to business. Takes a big old piss, zips up, and because I'm an animal with bladder issues, I'm pissing the whole time. So I'm just sitting there the whole time watching. He zips up, reaches down under the urinal, picks up his popcorn, pops one in his mouth, keeps on walking. And I just, I could, I I came out of the bathroom, and I, I was just so... I, I I thought about it all night. <laughs> what kind of animal would do something like that? Not only is it going to get spit on by his piss, by my piss, by the person on the other side, but it's like, do you not understand what kind of area you're putting this thing like underneath? You have no idea what's under there. 
None. No idea. None. What if what if there was just a drip? What if like the air down there? And so I, I thought about it all night, Jared. And my only two <laughs> explanations, it's like, so he was either just coming to a movie or just leaving and got a refill or something. And in both situations, no. he should have had the forethought to go to the bathroom and then buy his popcorn. Because in no situation should you be taking a full bag of popcorn or even a half bag of popcorn into the bathroom. Mm-hmm. If I had to go when I have popcorn left, yeah, give it to someone else. You're by yourself. You know what? It's it's a good ride. Just toss the son of a bitch. Don't take it into the bathroom with you. You don't need that in your life. What did you think, Jer? Of the popcorn? Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, that's that's some vile shit right there. Horrifying. I really wish I got a better look at the guy's face because it's not someone I want to be around again. Oh, I, I saw him. Yeah, because you, you, uh, you took over the urinal that he was at, and I just I couldn't. And you were still going. Like, in, um, oh, yeah. folks, RJ's got something wrong with him. Like, let's just be clear. Yeah. Uh, well, I saw him. Yep. He, he just looks like a, a regular man, a man <laughs> that you think would know better, but. Nope. Nope. Probably hopped right into his F-350 and drove away. A little dually. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, that was one of, this is now the the top of the most horrifying things I've seen in a movie theater. It is. It's topped all of it. I've, we've talked at length about all the bad shit we've seen in movies. This is the number one. It's the worst I've ever seen. The worst. Speaking of the worst and knowing better, <laughs> oh, uh, no. so we saw The Rise of Skywalker. Yeah. Oh, I yeah. didn't actually talk to you about this movie. No. I I have my opinion, and I'm sure you uh, you you got a gleam of what I thought of this thing, but I, uh, I don't it. actually know what you it's thought. It's actually sunk in on the Rotten Tomatoes meter now. It's 54%. Yeah, I thought it, I thought fifty five was the bottom, but mm-hmm. it's still above Phantom Menace. Audience score though eighty six. I guess we're mm-hmm. part of the the fourteen. Uh, sorry, oh, fourteen. The the fourteen percent that isn't the eighty six that uh, oh that I see. like that like this movie. Gotcha. So yeah, we saw Rise yeah. of Skywalker. Sure did. Uh, went in with pretty low expectations, like non existent, mm-hmm. because the, I I didn't like Force Awakens. Yep. I didn't, and I didn't. I thought like Last Jedi was just like a bad movie, and but but I th- I disliked it for different reasons than your weird radicalizing Star Wars fans who like hate Asians and women and yeah like all this other shit and like agendas and like talk yep. about that. And I saw those on Letterboxd. Oh fuck! You'd be reading mm-hmm. a pretty sensible like yeah I, that's true. Uh, people are making fun of this movie, but then they get into like why did we need to have these two women French kissing? I, oh, for Skywalker? Yeah. Who gives a shit? It's like, yeah, exactly. So mm-hmm. this movie starts off. Okay, first of all, do you remember when you'd see a Star Wars movie? Like, and the, when the long, like, first Lucasfilms logo comes up, then a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away comes up. Mm-hmm. And then you get the booming John Williams score and the Star Wars yep. coming across the screen and people would cheer. Mm-hmm. Do you remember that? I remember nope. that. Oh, well, I remember it happening, but not not now. It didn't happen oh. for any of the last few movies either. That's the the magic's gone. It's gone. It's probably on op- on, probably on opening nights. Yeah, but man, yeah. week out, people are just going to these things. I mm-hmm. uh, yeah. So this movie starts with uh, Adam Driver. Oh, sorry, mm-hmm. no, it doesn't. It opens up with the dead. The dead speaks because de- we're just informed. Oh, Emperor Palpatine's back. An evil whisper throughout the galaxy. Well, he's back. And uh, and there's a whole bunch of nonsense about uh, 
about Kylo Ren raging across the galaxy. Yeah, so there's a the galaxy isn't mentioned a lot. There was one part later in the film that I am pretty sure I laughed out loud to you because it's like when the rebels are in their space battle at the end, and one person's like, "People are standing up all across the galaxy." Oh, and, oh, the, and that, I was like, that that Lando line. <laughs> Yeah, I, I couldn't believe that. It was like all across the galaxy. I was like, what are you talking about? And, and then you get one little scene of like Ewoks. <laughs> yeah, okay. So, so anyways, back to the start of this film. Yeah, so, Kylo Ren. So, so Adam Driver, he's like just fucking killing some dudes in slow motion. Yeah. And it's like, okay, that's kind of different. We don't have yeah, slow motion cool. in Star Wars. And mm-hmm. then... Um, and then, uh, then we then have he gets him. The he, he, he finds the artifact, the holocron, mm-hmm. or whatever the hell it's called, that that's, that uses a wayfinder. That apparently, mm-hmm. all you need is to like, you just plug some cables into the side of it, and then put throw it into the back of your Tie Fighter ship, and then mm-hmm. you're good to go. And you just like, beep, boop, bleep, boop, find your way, flying through like Hell World, and then you're just mm-hmm. like, you're so pissed, you're like, fuck, I gotta find Exegol. And then, and then you go go through like uh, BDSM dungeon land of mm-hmm. like Dark Lord's Emperor. He was alive and well. Yep. And yeah, uh, he's but, fine. but he's not well. He's kind of like on life support. He's on this weird mm-hmm. apparatus. It's very unclear what's actually going yeah. on. Um, and then he informs us that I trained Snoke. Everyone mm-hmm. remember Snoke? And then, well, he we... he says he created him, right? And then oh. there was like a couple other Snokes in a tube. It wasn't there. Oh, fuck, I don't. Yeah, is what, that, what I yeah, took from that was he was right. just literally making. Oh, I was them. just, I was just laughing at everything at this point. Like, cause it's just yeah. like you have all these like I didn't even recognize those things as Snokes. I thought they were just like a bunch of like Emperor clone bodies. Mm-hmm. Cause I read those novels. Could have been that, that, that were too. pretty cool back then. But you're probably right. It's probably yeah. Snokes. I made Snokes. Yeah. Fuck. Fuck. I talking about this shit out loud is just gonna make you mad. So. Oh yeah. That we get this like back info dump of oh yeah emperor's behind it all don't worry folks it's it's important yeah. again mm-hmm. and then we have like oh the like compositing of princess leia a general leia Ooh, that for is a, a good portion a of this way movie. wait oh i hate I, this is like mm-hmm. and they're gonna make a james dean movie like this Mm-mm. well yeah but uh-huh. so that that's that was uh horrib horrible i mm-hmm. have i think finn sucks and i think uh poe dameron sucks they all oh, yeah they're crap i don't get any people get excited about this because they're making it happen they think they're mm-hmm. great characters it's like no oscar isaacs does nothing in these roles he's not charming he's not mm-hmm. funny and now he's a spice runner too and they're trying so hard to be star wars the whole time um we have, yeah. yeah, I'm jumping around here. We got yeah. like we got goddamn Chewbacca running around like Bigfoot in the desert. <laughs> I thought that was funny, and then he's immediately yeah. arrested. <laughs> uh, like I, I, I enjoyed that scene because I thought it was funny, but yeah, I was also was like, funny. I don't think this is intentional. No, this this whole movie is just like nonsense. I I don't know. All Star Wars are nonsense. This one though, man. It feels particularly uh, like it's trying to do so much. We have like, yep. but again, on Desert Planet, because it doesn't matter what the plot is yeah. of this shit, because they have to find wayfinders. They got to find old Sith artifacts that they can go fetch, and then they can find where Exegol is, because he's, they've got super star destroyers that shoot, like can blow up planets now. And they've yep. got like hundreds of them. And that's like, well, who are manning these? Like in my mind, I'm like, are they like zombies? That's cool. Oh mm-hmm. no, those are all cloaked men that will chant because they used in Star Wars. You used to always have chanting when uh, mm-hmm. 
we got into like emperor stuff, but now he actually has guys that chant because well, they are one, Jared. It's all literal, and then they just get smashed up. Yeah, they're oh. well. Oh well, yeah, the, the Spoil- emperor and the Sith are Spoil- Legion now. Hey, RJ, we're doing spoilers, right? Uh oh, is that was that a spoiler? I think who gives a shit. This, yeah, you already know where this movie's going before it goes. Uh, oh, we, magic healing, force heal, force heal. I I use my life force to, and I gave him my life force. Whatever the fuck that turn of phrase is. Where now it's like mm-hmm. everything's pointless. There's no sacrifice. Like everyone's yep. gonna be okay now, folks. Even yep. space worms, even space worms, and even even above that, it's pointless to the point where it's like even the character that does die in this movie, it's like so, it's like it doesn't really matter. Like none of these. They should have just had the balls. They should kill all of them. Or, like, not the Rogue One approach, but, like, you know what I mean? It's, like, actually kill somebody or something. Like, if this is truly the end, which, it, of course, it, it, it can't be. But, yeah, Force Heal is pretty ridiculous. And especially, like, even at the end where it's, like, a dyad. And he's, like, you have rejuvenated oh. me. And you're just, like, come dyad. on. Yeah, that was, uh, oh. So, we also got... Even before all this nonsense, we have the uh, hyperspace stuff where, like, suddenly Poe Dameron's like, he's light hopping. And it's like, yeah, where do you learn that? No answer. It's like, okay. But each time they light hop, it's like to another uh, space with vertical poles, be it mm-hmm. like, you know, stone or pillars. Of course it is. Because yep. th- there's, there's not a lot of imagination in that territory. I did see some people, like, celebrating how all the weird aliens are still in Star Wars. But so what? Like that's like the base level of things that Star Wars movies should be doing. Yeah. And uh so that uh light speed skipping or whatever it was. Yeah. Um they're they make a big deal about it. They're like, "Where'd you learn how to do that?" Like because you think it's maybe going to come up again later. It never does. But also, the people chasing him, they do it too. So it's like it can't be that unique of a thing if everyone is just doing it. Yeah. Right? Right. Right? And yeah, like there's like Babu Freak uh is wicked cool, Babu Frick? Oh, or is it I, no, I'm not. Baba giving, Frick? I'm not giving you that. No. Well, he's cool, but I mean, no. like, what what are their big aliens? You got that big worm guy. We have that like new alien that's on the Millennium Falcon. He's just like yeah, the big worm guy. Like, is he a worm guy? Uh, a slug? What, I guess. What's his name like Paul or something? He has a name, and he's just like he's part of the crew. It's very. Uh, mm-hmm. um, Poochy esque in some ways. <laughs> I need uh, to go now. My home planet Rose, needs me. Rose. Oh, Rose gets uh, sidelined real hard. She does. Yep. Uh, I'm, I'm not complaining. It's just kind of like, oh, that's how we solve that. Just be like, hey, yep. she's there. She's still there, folks. Yeah. And I mean, like, none of this, like, my biggest thing too is like, none of this makes, goes together very well. There's no stakes. Where, there's there's no stakes, and then even the characters, it's like, well, Ray. I mean, she likes Kylo Ren. What about Finn? Well, he likes her very clearly, and then it's like, hey, Poe Dameron, he's a he's got a love interest going on with the Jet Jaguar on this other planet, and it's like, check them out, and you're just like, who? Yeah, fucking cares. Yeah, it's so it's so unearned. It's it's very unearned. So C three PO gets his mind wiped, and then oh, don't worry, he gets it back. Yeah, like <laughs> yeah, and like that's the big thing too is like none of these characters you feel. I was honestly, and I don't really want to shit on this because I know I know people like it, and it's like if you like it, whatever. But I was so like, I don't want to say bored, but like unengaged by it because before I went in, I was like, I know exactly what's gonna happen, and like I don't think I'm like a real fucking smart dude or anything like that. It's just like this is just how Star Wars movies play out now, and like they, I, it yeah. seems now they all are like 
and it's, it's it's just all the same shit it's like okay here's an evil guy okay here's the good guys going to get stuff none of them are going to be in danger you don't have to worry about it okay at the end there's going to be a space fight where they're outnumbered and then it's going to be like oh all hope is lost and then you're going to get a ton of rebels to come up and then you're going to be like we did it this time it's like it's the same shit over and over and over again and so like i was just kind of watching this one i was like i've seen this movie like six times yeah. in like from other star wars movies i've yep. already seen this yep. so many times um like that really bummed me out or like not bummed me out but i was just like why why should you care anymore exactly you know there's that uh i think there was a point when they were in the desert doing stuff i looked at you and i was just like is this a fucking fred olin ray movie like what <laughs> is this because there's like there's the knights of ren like just on like cliffs and it like the camera moving around them i was like this just this honestly feels like trauma like sword and sorcery or, movies. yeah yeah like, it feels like a star wars knockoff just with a lot yeah. more money yeah with a lot more money so there there was like that stuff in there and i was just like like, I don't know. The whole time I was just shaking my head. I was like, what is what is the point of this? Um, I, I really didn't like uh, CGI Princess Leia because I was oh, like, oh, her face. Like the, the, we've the talked about this. CGI so many Mark times. Hamill and Leia and, and Carrie, Leia yeah, and Mark Hamill and Carrie Fisher. And they're like, oh, she was so good with her lightsaber. She even beat Luke. Why? What? Just huh? just because. Yeah, just because, just Jarrett. And like. I'm not I'm not going to get into the heavy Star Wars nerd stuff because like ultimately I'm not that big of a nerd but like all this stuff with Palpatine too it's like yeah that is cheap and lazy it's like oh yeah that is a dumb thing it's, to do it feels like um it feels like someone's fanficy like RPG for oh, yeah. for a Star Wars game that they wrote that's like probably fun to play in at the moment but when you have to talk out loud and explain it to people it's mm-hmm. like Eh, not so yeah, good you're like oh wait this isn't a good idea and then you have things like i remember a lot of people are like well it makes good on all the stuff they set up and it's like no it doesn't like those knights no. of ren nothing happened Shit. with them yeah chewbacca B- billy dude williams he was laughing Look, <laughs> that, looking when, wide, uh, wider than life when the the millennium falcon just like light speeds in and he's like <laughs> oh he's laughing a lot in this movie Having a good time. Oh, and the, all the old people get trotted out. We got Ooh, we, Anthony we, Daniels. Oh yeah. When uh, his his uh, on screen in the flesh appearance when he's like, "I'm here with you, bud." You looked at me and you're just like, "Motherfucker." <laughs> yeah, all the old guys are there. The ones who are still alive. Yeah. In real, well, and the ones who aren't. Even. Yeah, you can't escape. Disney owns you forever and ever. Like, which is silly and maybe morally and ethically wrong i guess i i probably is i yeah i don't know dude like i i went into this pretty well sure i wasn't gonna like it and it's like i said if you if you like it that's cool like whatever you like but uh i went in i was just kind of like more than anything i was like it's just the same thing again it's like ah ah and I feel like in 10 years, people are going to be like, is The Last Jedi the best of the Star Wars movies? Or is Phantom Menace really actually very good? And then it'll be the same thing again, you know? Yeah. Where are they going to go next, Jer? Star Wars? Well, yeah. who cares? Who cares? Are you out? Um. So the, there's like one. I'm trying to think of like anything that I was excited about watching that movie. Because I'd say there's like 3% of the movie's good. Where I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. That's a good like visual. Like Bobo Freak? 
Nope. <laughs> no? Uh, okay. That whole scene where they're on, like, Jijin, Genjin, whatever it is, the crime, yeah. the crime planet, it seems. Yeah. It felt it felt like a student film. Like, it felt like uh, the, the idea is that you'd have stormtroopers off in the distance and you have people sneaking around because you're yeah. trying to, like, save money. That It really did feel like uh, a fan yeah. film, like a very, like, high-end fan film. Mm-hmm. God, I can't even remember the stuff I was kind of like admiring where I'm like, that's not bad, but... I remember two other things I didn't like, if you want me to talk about oh. those. Oh, okay. I'll, I'll, let me get this out. So there's one yeah. scene where uh, when they're on a goddamn stars... Oh, Commander Withnail. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Which mind. scene did you like with him? Or like, just in general? Uh, just in general. Every time I like yep. seeing Richard E. Grant on screen, I went, oh, mm-hmm. look at him. Yeah, he's, he was good. He's, he's getting, I liked He's him. getting that paycheck. He's part of Star Wars history now. Mm-hmm. They'll, make, they'll make toys of him for life. Yeah, the new Grand Moff Tarkin, General Withnail. Yep. Mm-hmm. So, uh, oh, the thing I like, there's like one bit where they're on a goddamn Star Destroyer again, because yep. you do, you have to have that scene, just like the other movies. And yep. uh, when they're running down the hallway in like a shooting battle with stormtroopers, I was like, yeah, mm-hmm. this is what I want. Mm-hmm. But like, I want to be like, I want to be brought along with the the magic of the action. And it never happens mm-hmm. at all. These movies just don't even feel like very good action movies. The action mm-hmm. always feels flat. It doesn't. Mm-hmm. It seems to be just happening, just because it's happening. Yep. Um, and then I was like wondering, I'm like, well, maybe the Mandalorian has like better storytelling than these movies. Allegedly, right? People seem That's to really like say. it, but I don't. I, I don't give a shit about this Baby Yoda. I'm pretty fucking sick of Baby Yoda. Yeah, it's getting like I think Baby Yoda is awesome, but uh, it is getting a bit much. No, everything's a meme constantly. Constantly, yeah. So two other things. Two other things you're gonna say. Yeah, uh, just to go off of you, I I actually thought you know what I actually really liked Kylo Ren slow mo killing dudes. Yep. I wish that was the whole movie. (laughs) But uh, like that, and then like the lightsaber fight with him and Ray was okay on the water planet. Yeah, it was okay. But But you know what it just reminded me of was Revenge of the Sith, and I was just like, man, that movie's got an awesome lightsaber battle at the end. And they but they keep going. It does, and and they. the whole thing of like going back to the Death Star, and it's like because like that was like the whole thing that was like interesting about Force Awakens was like yeah. this idea that these people are are digging through the remains that through the, yeah. the 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 heap of the old movies. That's a cool idea visually, and yeah. uh, so now you have, now they have to go do something new. But nope, mm-hmm. third movie in, it's all going back to the past again. It's just a re- yep. it's just a do over. Well, of, and of then- the themes. Yeah, just going back to the past, too. They're like, hey, it's uh, the Emperor. Guess what? He's got all, all the ships back. And it's just like, just don't even question and he, it. And he can do a super... Oh, the other scene when uh, old uh, Ben Swolo and uh, mm-hmm. Daisy are doing their... Uh, their who's got their better dyad. force power? And yeah. they're trying to make, stop the ship from flying up. And they're, they're mm-hmm. both doing it. I was like laughing. Yep. There's there's way too often I was just laughing and like slapping my hands together at like how stupid what I was seeing was. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure if the people next to me necessarily were appreciating, but we all have our 3D glasses on and uh, yep. we can't see one another. And then oh, there was a point like I'm not sure if you noticed where I started making a strangulation sign with my hands mm-hmm. at, at the like 50th mention of Wayfinder. Wayfinders, uh, and then like just every every little new item and artifact that was Exegol. presented every single time. Uh, yeah, that was pretty silly. Okay, I got two things, Jer. Yeah. Two things that in the theater, I I think I verbally and physically was like, huh? <laughs> uh, was the one with the ground mission led by Finn where oh. they're just like, hey, why don't we get some fucking horses, alien horses up here and we're going to run those on there. Two, it was like, because number one, I just thought that was dumb. 
And then the way they presented it to me, he's like, they're like, block, uh, jam the speeders. And they're like, they don't have speeders. It was like, why would they fucking have speeders? Their plan was to land on the ship Ground. and get out. Yeah. So it was, I was like, like that, all that dialogue was built up for like the reveal. It's like, they don't have them. They have alien horses. But I was like, why that the fuck that do they have alien endangering. horses? Yeah. That they're now like, all of them got blown up. So I was like, I was kind of like, okay. So in the Last Jedi, there was that big point about like them freeing the animals, and then then this one, just to like stick it to Rain Johnson, they're like, we're gonna blow up a bunch of horses. Do, 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 like do, do, I don't do. think that was intended, but at the same, I just thought that was dumb in general. I was like, why would they bring horses? Remember when uh, Kylo Ren just appears on the planet? Oh, because he, uh, he does he, a few times. He is, but he happens to just because they leave him on like the one whatever other main mm-hmm. planet of Endor, I guess, and uh, then he gets off of it because he finds a Tie Fighter that happens to be there. I also I didn't like with him because he appears a lot. Like after his turn later, when he's Ben again, and he's like he goes from what they've built up to be this intimidating, like stoic character to him jumping, hurting himself and going, ow. And then like the whole theater, like laughing. Uh, yeah. I was like, I don't, I don't buy this happening that fast. You guys remember when, it doesn't uh, change him. Remember when uh Ray just jumps off the star destroyer onto like the millennium Falcon. Yep. Yeah. That happened many <laughs> times. There was lots of ship jumping. Yeah. Which you brings just, me you to just jump, you just jump across just jump. space. So the the other thing that I didn't like was uh so you know how Finn meets up with all those other like uh ex stormtroopers like, ex stormtroopers and like they're invading with the horses yeah so you have that scene where there's like planes flying around shooting people they're uh, the refugee guys are on top or like the rebels they're on top and they're shooting the ship and stuff like that there's like uh, stormtroopers with jetpacks flying around and that chick that uh, Finn picks up she pulls out a bow and arrow. And shoots a guy with a bow and arrow. And I was like, what? So it's like Chewie. Chewie does that all the time. Yeah, but his bow and arrow shoots out lasers. This was an actual what? bow and arrow. Did you did you not see that scene? Yeah, I did. And well, like I know this is a silly thing to get mad at, but I was kind of like, what the fuck? Yeah. Like, it, it, like, what was the point of it? They're like, we're getting back to like, you know, the roots. And he's like, what do you mean? <laughs> they have lasers. Just yeah. use the fucking laser. Yeah. What is this bow and arrow business? God. Well, um, I'm glad that you're uh, along the same page as me. I oh, yeah. uh, we, we were we were having a good time, laughing yeah, and like looking fun. at one another and just shaking our heads. And just going, what? Yes. <laughs> yeah, it's a uh, it's not it's a weird one, dude. Yeah. It's it's hey, it's no it chapter two at least. That's all I, I'm very happy about. Yeah, I don't know. It's there was things that I liked, but it's like I said, the biggest thing for me is just like. It's like, I've seen oh, this movie. And I checked my watch uh, like five times. Oh, I couldn't stop checking it because I had to like go to the bathroom. So I was checking it oh. and there were certain times where I was like, uh, um, like I was like, okay, it's got to be like 20 minutes. And it was like five minutes had passed. And I was like, oh my God. <laughs> I think the first time I checked my watch was 20 minutes in. And I was like, oh no. <laughs> oh no. Oh, what do you do? What do you do? Not stop going to this shit. I guess. But I, 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 the fans demand it. Mm-hmm. Hey, RJ, yeah. you got any news? I've got one. Uh, shoot. Criterion's New Year teaser image got posted. What is it? Uh, it's only like four images, and they're gifts, opened boxes. Some might even say box sets. <gasps> one of them is a box that's open that has a letter E falling out of it. 
Some does that people mean? think it is a fallen E, a fell E, knee, a Fellini box set, perhaps. Oh my God, that is elaborate. There's one with like, looks like General Lee with a bruise. Some people go bruised Lee. Is there going to be a Bruce Lee box set? Oh my God. But the one that I think that one Frank Santoro, not Frank Santoro, Frank Solano. <laughs> Who is this Frank Santoro? Cartoonist. And how, how do I get his he's number? A, he's a cartoonist actually. Oh, okay. Yeah. Frank right. Solano. Mm-hmm. He'll be excited about this one. Uh, this one's a bo- This one's a car driving out of a box. One wheel has one. The second tire has a question mark. For some to conclude, one car Y. Oh, my God. Well, Frank would be super excited about that. Even but this f- is... But what about Frank Santoro? <laughs> Frank Santoro? I mean, I don't know if he's a one car Y fan. He could be. He might be. But uh, d- this is some elaborate shit. Yeah. I mean, I'm not mad about it, but like, you know. And then there's one that like some people think is Agnes Varda box set, but I, I, I that one was like way above my pay grade. The one car Y one is pretty good though. That was a good yeah. call. Thank thank you, Reddit nerds. Yeah, they'll figure it out, right? Yeah. I wonder whose job it is to create these things at uh, Criterion. They have their doodler. It's the same guy or girl. I don't know. Something or other. Yeah, sure. Sure. Yeah, that's it for news though, I think. Oh okay. yeah. All right. After the break, morphine. It can't be that addictive, right? Opioids aren't addictive, Jarrett. That's, I mean, it seems fine. It just, it's got to need a little bit of help sometimes, you know? <laughs> yeah, just a little, little help. Stick to my veins. So she woke up, woke up from where she was, lying still. Erfolgen von Die Ehe der Maria Braun und Lilly Marleen kommt jetzt der neue Film von Rainer Werner Fassbinder, Die Sehnsucht der Veronika Voss. Suchen Sie jemanden? Ja, eine gewisse Frau Voss. Man hat mir hier diese Anschrift gegeben, aber. Die Menschen wechseln ihre Anschrift gelegentlich, junger Mann, ohne sie denen weiterzugeben, die sie vielleicht suchen könnten. Vielleicht auch, dass sie gar nicht gefunden werden wollten. Mein Name ist Veronika Voss. Es ist eine Geschichte über, du weißt schon, Ufa und so. Schon gut, ich nehme sie erstmal selbst. Deine Geschichte läuft hinter dir her. Finden Sie, dass ich eine schöne Frau bin? Ja, sehr schön. <lacht> eine Frau mit Licht- und Schattenseiten. Du wollen sie trinken? Alle Schauspieler trinken. Wenn Sie keine Rolle mehr kriegen, dann saufen Sie. Das ist ein Naturgesetz. Aber es ist ein großer Unterschied, ob ich trinke oder du. Ich trinke, um abzuschalten. Und du trinkst, 
um dich aufzubauen. Frau Doktor lässt fragen, ob Sie mit ihr frühstücken wollen. Die Sehnsucht der Veronika Voss. Ich habe mir auch schon überlegt, ob ich mir nicht ähm, irgendeine Beschäftigung suchen sollte. Eine Beschäftigung kann nicht ein Gefühl ersetzen. Du, du willst doch noch nicht sterben. Hm? <lacht> sterben darfst du erst, wenn ich es dir erlaube. <lacht> du willst eigentlich hin, hä? Ich werde sie retten. Ich wünsche dir viel Glück, mein Freund. Memories are made of this. Die Sehnsucht der Veronika Voss. Ein Film von Rainer Werner Fassbinder. Demnächst in diesem Kino. And we're back. This is the Criterion Creeps podcast. And tonight we're continuing our delve into the BRD trilogy by Rainer Werner Fassbinder and watching <laughs> Veronica Voss from 1982. The synopsis from <laughs> Letterboxd, RJ. In Munich, 1955, German film star Veronica Voss becomes a drug addict at the mercy of corrupt Dr. Marianne Katz, who keeps her supplied with morphine. After meeting sports writer Robert Crone, Veronica begins to dream of a return to stardom. As the couple's relationship escalates in intensity, Veronica begins seriously planning her return to the screen, only to realize how debilitating she has become through her drug habit. Uh, it's pretty descriptive. It's not too bad. Not too bad not too as far bad. as these have gone. Mm-hmm. So uh, once again, this is a first time viewing for me. Ooh. And uh, I had actually watched a documentary this past week on Fastbinder, as discussed last week, saying, hey, I wonder if anyone's uh, made one of these here, documentaries about this uh, guy. Seems to have lived a pretty exciting life. Mm-hmm. What was it called? It is called, I just have to look it up very quickly here, I Don't Just Want You to Love Me from 1993. Okay, okay, okay. And uh, any insight into uh, the man behind the, not, the movies? Not a ton. A lot of it, more of it was about kind of uh, him as a filmmaker. So it wasn't, oh, okay. quite, it wasn't quite the uh, the lurid expose maybe I was hoping for because he seemed to have lived a pretty like at times lurid uh, self-destructive life and you're mm-hmm. thinking like oh man I want all that juice outside of a Wikipedia entry yeah. but um, it wasn't well, quite it wasn't quite here a lot of friends and fa- lots of friends and co-workers and whatnot yeah. reminiscing about uh, how much he accomplished when he died uh, yeah. shortly after this film was released as a matter of fact this came out in 82 and mm-hmm. earlier in the year and by the middle of the year he was dead well, maybe uh, you and John Waters can team up and make that lurid one that you actually were kind of craving for. Maybe, maybe, maybe. 
So yeah, Veronica Voss, first time view for me and uh, shot in glorious black and white. Yes, it is. is. Was that a big deal? Well, I mean, there's a watching this movie, even like in the context of his other films, mm-hmm. the the film craft RJ in this, the the, the film production, fine and artisan, this thing, pretty uh pretty off the charts. Not what not what I was expecting. Because uh, a lot of his films like have like kind of a a staged quality to it, and this does too. But they they kind of have like a. I don't know, kitchen sink look to them. It feels like very lived in spaces where this is like opulence. Opulence? Opulence? I mean, one of the like, what, first shots? Oh yeah, the very first shot of this movie is actually this like really amazing, again, uh, opening credit sequence with Mm -hmm. these like, uh, you know, Fassbender obviously was very much into uh, fonts and typographies. Mm -hmm. And um, we have these like very... um, yeah, elaborate, old-timey, uh, mm-hmm. Hollywood-looking titles telling you the characters. They roll along with these big drop shadows, mm-hmm. and uh, the movie gets underway. And we get a scene where uh, Veronica Voss, our character, she's mm-hmm. in a theater with a man being played by Rainer Fassbinder, right behind <gasps> her, and they're watching footage from one of her old movies. Mm-hmm. And, I didn't really realize that was him. Yes, and so... Re- yeah. Fun. So an interesting thing with this is that uh, so Fassbinder apparently the night before he died he called a friend saying that he had just flushed all his drugs down the toilet and that he was done with that stuff but he was just saving okay. one last line of coke and then the next morning they found him dead. So do you think they, it was that one last line? I don't know, but there's something to be said about this movie opening up with uh, Fassbinder himself also watching uh, a movie. And beside the character who's got a drug addiction, and in the movie that came uh, out the yeah. same year as uh, his own death due to drug addiction, mm-hmm. I don't know. That that seems to for me that seems uh, an important little detail. So I do, agree. So this movie does a, like a kind of this effortless kind of shifting between flashback and the present, and also fantasy, mm-hmm. uh, where you get these like scenes of like Veronica Voss's heyday, where she is like you know, in the height of her performances, everyone still loves her and is accepting mm-hmm. her. The the drugs haven't set in. And you get the scene with like like lens flare out the wazoo. Oh, yeah. I got a screen cap of that because I, a... I thought the quote was also very good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh what was it? Um because like you're talking right at the start right? yes yeah yeah that first scene where it's just like overblown like you've never seen anything yeah. quite like this like cause usually these scenes are avoided you don't see those lights blown up but clearly it was uh, a pursued look and that's one thing that like this shooting this black and white uh lighting is really uh i don't know if he's if it's important to anything mm-hmm. in particular or if he's having fun with like really inventive lighting there's this one yeah. scene that's later on in her in the editor's office Mm-hmm. Um, Crohn's editor's office where there's like a fan spinning there's a light source behind the fan that's casting the shadow of the fan on his face but then there's mm-hmm. this giant shadow of the fan blowing behind him mm-hmm. and then there's also uh, like on the reverse with uh, Crone, he's in the you know the bullpen and the windows are wide open and there's light coming in but there's all these like lamps that are also on lighting up the space mm-hmm. it's curious and it's just like him having fun with uh, light and darkness I guess yeah, no, um, what was I going to say? I, I thought the same thing watching it, like, with a lot of those different ones, where I was just like, man, I was like, what is uh, what is this? I was like, why, why don't I get this more? 
You know what I mean? <laughs> well, because there's like not there's no trace of this at all in Marriage of Maria Braun yeah. as far as like film. Like it's like completely different. But he really was embracing this uh, Hollywood kind of filmmaking, uh, this look yeah. at least, uh, this classic film anyway. Yeah. Well, yeah, and that's what I thought too. Um, so the lighting scene I thought was really good, but I also like the mm-hmm. quote. She's talking, and it's all I have left to give you is my death. And I was thinking about you and me, and I was thinking about the hit movie from 2012, uh, The Dark Knight Rises. And I know right. that's in one of your best of the decade. Oh, yes. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. And people can listen to the preamble to see hear about how much Jared appreciates that movie. But, and, uh, and Bane. Yeah, and Bane. Uh, I actually did like that quote a lot, though. I was just like, hmm, interesting. And then uh, I liked the, the light coming through. I was like, ooh, that's neat. No. So – we transition from that scene, and uh, it seems like she's on harder time. She has to leave the theater. She's mm-hmm. very upset. And then we get some other scene. Like we had like kind of a transition though, where she meets this sports writer, this Robert Crone mm-hmm. guy, and the they fall, and they're, they're just they're in love. Mm-hmm. And he uh, he he recognizes her, or he doesn't seem like he recognizes her, and he falls under her her spell. And she's like, "I still got it." And this guy is giving me all this. Um, uh, confidence in myself that I haven't had for so long, and oh, mm-hmm. like this is so great. And they, it's kind of like a kind of a weird parasitic relationship because she's getting something from him and his attentions, and he mm-hmm. sees a story, but he also wants mm-hmm. to tell this story as well because he does like have this affection toward this like beautiful woman. He doesn't know what's going on, mm-hmm. and then it turns out, well. She's a drug addict. <laughs> she's 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 hooked on it, hanging that needle hanging out of her arm. She needs it. She needs those drugs, and uh, she's going to this this Doctor Katz woman, who I guess you get the sense that she's like a real cat. Yeah, like there's like kind of a, a lesbian thing going on with her and her mm-hmm. her uh, her assistant that's always there. But it's yeah. kind of like in the classic villainous sort of way that it, she would be depicted in a 1950s movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's this man uh, that's hanging around, if you recognize him, played by Gunter Kaufman, the U.S. I soldier. Did? Who, mm-hmm. I don't know if, did you, RJ, think of looking up Gunter Kaufman and say, what's the deal? Uh, no, I was just like, oh, it's like uh, it's like his guy. He, he, indeed. It's he, his guy. He is one of his guys. Mm-hmm. Just oh, like, like Ali. Oh, like sexual? Yes. So oh. I, I, which I didn't know, because he's also in, like, he's been in a few of the movies I've watched with him as well. Because mm-hmm. yeah, he was in Maria Maria Braun. He probably yeah. is in Lola, but he was also in the Third Generation. He just keeps creeping up. But here's the from Wikipedia right off the bat. Um, in 2002, Kaufman was accused of murder in relation to the 2001 death of Hartmut Hagen, a 60-year-old accountant whom Kaufman's wife had defrauded. The death was ruled accidental, okay. though Kaufman was sentenced to prison for lesser crimes relating to the incident. In 2005, a new police investigation discovered that Kaufman was innocent and had confessed to the crimes to cover up for his late wife, who may have been... Who have may have been the perpetrator. He was subsequently released from prison and resumed his acting career. He died in 2002 at 64. Fuck. So yeah, the, so though Kaufman was married when he met Fassbinder, the two men mm-hmm. became, began a romantic relationship. Kaufman is often described as the first major love interest of the director's career. Like many of Fassbinder's relationships, it was troubled, and the director would often try to buy Kaufman's <laughs> affection with expensive presents, particularly cars. During their relationship, Fassbinder married Ingrid Caven, an actress who, like Kaufman, regularly appeared in the director's films and was a member of his tightly knit circle of friends. 
Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, by 71, Fassbinder and Kaufman had split up, and the director began an even more troubled relationship with a Moroccan immigrant, El Hadi bin Salim. Uh, Fassbinder and Kaufman continued working together, though, and Kaufman con- continued to appear in the director's films, uh, sometimes also contributing songs to the soundtrack. He is in Fassbinder's last movie, Corel, from 1982. Um, yeah, so there's a lot of uh, stuff, a lot of, <laughs> lot of life, a lot of life happening uh, in the world of Fassbinder and his films. So stuff like it doesn't mm-hmm. come through on the screen. In this, he just sings. No. He sings to himself. He wanders around. He acts almost like security. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, well, uh, again, I can't wait for uh, your biopic here that uh, really gets into the nitty-gritty because it sounds like even the people that he was surrounding himself with in his movies, it sounds like they have uh, tales to tell also. Very good point. Very good point. If you know what I mean. So uh, what happens next in this movie? So you get the sense that this Dr. Katz, she's not she's she's not good. She's not good people. Mm-hmm. She's uh, She cuts you off once you know that money runs out. There's mm-hmm. this like sweet old couple that's hanging around. They just mm-hmm. they just they just need their candy. You find out that uh, the husband uh, definitely is a survivor of a uh, concentration camp. So that's that's fun. So he's getting to deal with that. And this woman's uh, pumping him for money and jewels to keep up her uh, extravagant lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And speaking of lighting, fuck. There's this shot in this movie where there's like the mirror ball like the disco ball in the ceiling and it's a completely white room, but you can Mm -hmm. see everything. And like, I don't know how to explain like how difficult shooting something like that and lighting it would be, but I was just like odd at like how complex some of these shots are in these rooms and stuff like that. It's like, yeah, like I said, going back to my comment about this, uh, fine film craft, Mm -hmm. ridiculous, ridiculous. Well, tell me more about fine artisanal film craft, Jared. Um, so there's this really great scene when uh, I believe it's Crone, right? Crone and uh, Voss when they first kind of mm-hmm. meet and they go running through the rain and they're just thinking, "Hey, you want to go under my umbrella?" And she's like, "Sure." And then they run into the forest and there's no rain. Yeah, <laughs> because it's and a... then I, and then it picks up yeah. again. And then when they get back yeah. to the street, it's raining again. I mm-hmm. loved it. I love that uh, cheesy corniness of that, but it's like so uh, perfect because it's mm-hmm. about a it's about this film star and artifice. Yeah, I uh, I thought that was cute too because yeah. I was like, oh hey, look at that. But I was like, you know, sometimes that happens in real life. You can yeah. hit like a patch of rain and then you can get out of it for a while and then hit another patch of rain. Mm-hmm. Maybe not like ten feet away, but you know, <laughs> not like this. So yeah. so Crone's on the case. He's he's uh he's getting those he's getting that story, but he's finding resilience and uh, mm-hmm. he's not getting to the truth of it and what's going on. Veronica Voss. So she's kind of like based off of a German actress uh, named Sybil Schmidt. And there's also the obvious kind of uh, allusions to Billy Wilder's Sunset Boulevard. Mm. Right? Uh, yeah, a little bit. Um, I didn't think that watching it, but now that you bring it up, yeah. yeah. Well, because there's like, also... It's, it's there yeah. for sure. And there's like the one like song and dance number that... Um, uh, what's her name? R- is it Rosal Zek is the actress playing um, Voss? She uh, does her That's Marlene... That's real name. Her, I think it is. Rosal uh, Zek? What the hell? Might be. Okay, sorry. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna research this lady. You tell me more. Confirm for me, please. It, it is. It's. It is Rosalind. Okay. So she does her Marlene Dietrich impersonation. Mm-hmm. Where she does that thing. Does a pretty good job. She does. And uh, yeah, and then Sybil Schmidt was the other woman that because apparently she also she died in 1955, and uh, it was like one of those things where she had these relations with uh, with with the Third Reich. 
landing rolls. Uh, what? <laughs> the, the third Well, No, this is the thing. I don't know if you picked up. So Veronica Voss, there's these things that, oh, she uh, probably slept with Joseph Goebbels during the war. Yeah. So it's the same kind of thing. These uh, things about these stars who, like, did things. And now it's like, well, they have that, that taint of uh, Germany's dark history upon them. Mm-hmm. But Robert's into this. He tells his girlfriend, Henriette, yeah, I'm so in love with this other woman. <laughs> and she's like, oh, I see. Well, that's okay. Maybe I can help you out and find out more about the story too. And uh, boy, that takes, and then what happens? That takes a dark fucking turn. Mm-hmm. It does. And uh, I actually, I don't know if I'm just daft, but I wasn't really expecting that. And then I was like, oh, no, yep. oh shit. Soon enough, it's like, hey, I, I'm I'm going to pretend to go to this doctor, and uh, I need sure. I need some morphine to show that this doctor's dirty. She's a horrible, horrible person, and she gets it. But boy, you got to protect the business. She gets mysteriously run down, and then everybody just uh, covers for this doctor cats because she's a, a do- real doctor feel good, as uh, the kids say. Real Nick Riviera. We get a um, follow, and then we find out the system itself is corrupt. We get a mm-hmm. uh, there's the one doctor who works for the state. Who's um, like a regular two of these uh, Fastbinder movies. Is it Doctor Eric Schumann, maybe? And he's like, well, uh, there's, there's nothing. One. He's the guy who like uh, when he's, oh, he's confronted, go, and there's yeah. like, well, there's nothing we can do. I mean, we. Ha- yeah. I mean, what's good for the state is good for everyone else, I believe. And then of course he starts seeing them at dinners with uh, Doctor Katz, and you're like, oh. Everyone's complicit. And it's like, again, this movie really kind of spins between like, like by the end, it's like dark. It's, uh, Mm -hmm. it starts getting into that Requiem for a Dream darkness. It (laughs) it does, yeah. Yeah. And, um, and before that, though, you're just having these scenes where like, you're, I'm just like marveling. There's the scene where, uh, uh, um, Crohn's at the he's not Goebbels. No no Goebbels. Uh, he goes to the bar and there's this ridiculous Mm -hmm. fan that's above the ceiling and the light's Mm -hmm. just crazy. And you're just like, why the fuck would you go to a bar like this? Like, this would be the worst place to hang out. Like, is this this constant strobe strobe effect? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, we get some, uh, some filmmaking. We get some scenes on a dolly track where you have a guy looking kind of like eight and a half slash Billy Wilder, uh, with his hat turned up glasses with his scarf (laughs) coming forward. I guess that was a producer. Uh, who's never acted before doing that because uh, mm-hmm. Fastbinder likes his uh, non-actors mm-hmm. and saying, make it work, make it work, figure it out. Figure it out. Just just do it. Just figure it out. Go for it. Uh, yeah, and then you get to the end of this movie and uh, it's like, what's happening? Like, is this all going down? Is this like her like fantasy in her head? Is this real? Because it looks like, every, like the flashbacks in the fantasy are all starting to blur and she's mm-hmm. locked in this room. And she can't get out, and it keeps like, "What's what's happening? Mm-hmm. Is, is everything going to work out okay?" No. Well, well it, works, it works out pretty good if you're Doctor Cats. Yeah, I mean the doctors are in good shape at the end. No, and I mean the uh, sports journalist guy. He, well, he he's okay. To, he, he he's to, a little sad. He, he has but... to spy over a hedge <laughs> around a corner yeah. and sees uh, that there's nothing he can do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I mean. He's got that going for him, but uh, yeah, I don't know. This thing, uh, this thing was way bleaker than I had. Um, like I didn't know anything about it, but when mm. I was watching, it, I was like, "Shit!" <laughs> that was it. And That's all I said. I was like, "Shit!" Shit. And then it ended. Yeah. Yeah. So this movie also fits very nicely into my uh, novelty black and white genre that I've been keeping an eye on. Mm. That seemed to be very popular in the '70s too. 
or actually uh, in late in early eighties, because you have uh, uh, Stardust Memories from Woody Allen, uh, mm. Zelig from Woody Allen. You've got uh, Elephant Man, Raging mm-hmm. Bull, Ooh. Uh, Rumblefish. Ooh, I know you're a big fan of Rumblefish. What about the outside? Broadway, Danny Rose. Uh, last picture show is way earlier than that, but uh, Peter Bogdanovich of Sopranos fame, he also does that same thing in Paper Moon. And it's hmm. curious, these people, like this era where people are turning back, looking at the 50s and being like, remember artisanal film craft? And it's like, well, what about it? And then I wonder, did they make the sets black and white themselves so the characters would think in black and white? Um. No, I'm sorry. That's only Roma. Oh, I was going to say, I don't really know what the point of that would be, Jer. Why would you do something like that? It seems elaborate and unnecessary. Exactly. Oh, dear. So uh, what do you think of Veronica Voss? You like it? Yeah, I like this movie. Yeah? I, I think I um, I would want to watch it again because mm-hmm. I feel like there's more to this movie like on a thematic level than I'm mm-hmm. picking up on. Because um, yeah, like, I, I found that, like, especially because it's, again, we're in the context of the BRD trilogy about, mm. about uh, West Germany at this time. We have the same era, 1950s, female protagonist, uh, post-war yep. Germany. We have American soldiers lingering, hiding around, drug ad- addicts and uh, drug addiction. What does that mean in terms of power and uh, the history that's going on? What's Fassbinder's interest in this subject matter? I, I, I just mm-hmm. don't – this guy made, like, what? 40 films in a very short period of time. He died at 36, 37 active man shot that Berlin Alexander Platz that we'll be watching, uh, later this year. I'm curious. I want to read more about this guy. He's, uh, he's fascinating me. He hasn't made a, a dud yet. Well, what other info is there out there on him? I'm going to, I'm going to have to dig. find out, I guess. I'm have to read some interviews or something. Mm, Maybe read, read some theory. I know you. Fan I know. Theory? I know. Yeah, fan theories about uh, wayfinder devices in Exegol. <laughs> I was gonna say that sounds like uh, some nice fan fiction there. Yeah, you so know, well, bringing well, back the roots. So then, RJ, yo, what, what did you think of this Veronica Voss? So I'll tell you straight. Halfway through this movie, I was kind of like on the fence. Yep. Because I was like, there's things that I really like. Yep. And I think it's going to a place, but then I was at, at the same time I was like. But then there's this other stuff, and I'm not sure if I'm really on board with that. Okay. And it, and it wasn't like anything big. It was, uh, I think, this movie's got, it's got a good slow burn, and it's got things set up nicely. And I don't think anything is unnecessary or, like, things can be cut from it. But uh, there were a few times where I thought, like, getting to where it was trying to go took a little too long. Yeah. Um, so, like halfway through i was like i don't know if i like this as much as the other Fazbinder movies mm-hmm. and then uh when you get kind of the reveal later on later like with the doctors and what's going on and all that stuff and it kind of all comes together i was like shit i was like i kind of wish i was given this more uh time of day here and i kind of had the thought like you i was like i got I, maybe i should rewatch this thing and like now that i know where it kind of finishes off not that like i don't think it's a big twist or anything like that like it they they lay it out before but it's like i said i didn't really expect it to get as bleak as it did near the end Mm -hmm. and i was like oh fuck i was like shit this is a it's a real good sad movie i was like i should have uh i didn't realize that and it was like i guess maybe that's the point i don't know what's the point but i i agree i I, the first half i was kind of like just admiring the 
how beautiful the movie was. And then, uh, yeah, then the second half kicks in, and that's when the story, I think, becomes uh, a lot more engaging. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and that was kind of – that was my like my biggest takeaway from it was I, I really liked where the story ended up. I just thought getting there took a little bit uh, – it took a little bit like there were certain things I was like, I was like, I don't know, like uh, this, this guy is journalist, like what's his deal. And then this other guy and this lady and she's a actress. And I was like, well, well, I don't know. But I do like the idea of like this elite covert operation of like scam psychiatrists that are like taking people in and just ruining and ruining their lives to the point of just straight out murdering people. I was like, I, I thought that was really cool. Um, I, I kind of wish I had more of that. Not that, um, you, you do get enough with between Veronica Voss or, uh, every, like the whole time I was watching this, I just kept thinking of Veronica Vaughn. I don't know why it was just in my mind. I was like that Veronica Vaughn. Uh, so her, um, the other reporter lady, uh, our uh, cool American guy who's just just there, and then uh, that old couple, that nice sweet old couple, Jarrett, that mm-hmm. uh, goes out. I was like, like so you get enough of uh, like that kind of stuff, seeing how people are affected by certain things and and drugs and treatment. Is this the cure for wellness, Jarrett? I don't know. Is it? I don't know. Just to say, that's Gore Verbinski. Gore. Uh, but yeah, no, like by the time it ended, I enjoyed it quite yeah. a bit. Yeah. It was just during during the ride, it was a little bumpy. So it's definitely, I don't really, I mean, I don't really rewatch Criterion movies because it's like we can barely watch the one or I can barely watch the one for each week. But it's one that I was like, well, you know, maybe now that I know that I enjoy the ending, I'll rewatch it one day and take more out of it. So right. I'll give them that. Yeah, it's good. It was good. I liked it. Yep. You know? You know. You know, Jer? You know? But yeah, it's uh like all that camera stuff we talked about before. I, I really like the lens flare thing and the lighting. And it's just a real pretty movie. Like uh, the screenshot I put out today on the Instagram is those old people. Because mm-hmm. uh, I, I, for one, I thought it was kind of funny. Uh, I was like, most people won't know that the severity of what's happened in this picture. They'll just think they're tired. Oh, they, they, uh, they slept. Yeah, they're just sleeping. But I also, I thought like that scene, the way it was like framed up and stuff, I was like, man, that looks good. It's like, I like how they're showing these two old dead people. Nice. Real nice. Uh, so that was good. The lighting was good. And uh, I do like where the story uh, goes because I wasn't really expecting it to get to that kind of that kind of place. But uh yeah, there are just a few bumps in the road. That's all I'd say. Nothing, nothing bad. Nothing that would keep me from, like, suggesting it to other people. But uh, you know, it gets there. You know. You know. You know, Jer. It gets there. I'm aware. Yeah. So, uh, any other lingering thoughts on uh, Veronica Vaughn? Oh, I don't know. I'm just kind of scamming here. Uh, an essay off Criterion site about the production history of the oh. film. But uh, nothing too lurid so far. But uh, maybe my reading comprehension is not what it used to be. It's actually very, very long. (laughs) I didn't know you could read at all. I'm I'm full of surprises. To be honest. What did you, uh, what other movies got nice aging uh, starlets there, you know? 
talking about Sunset Boulevard. Uh, if this one? was a subgenre, Veronica Voss, Sunset true? Boulevard, Scott, Roger wow. Rabbit. I guess he's a. I mean, it's, I guess it's like the aging starlet. That's kind of the. Mm-hmm. It's about the the woman who uh-huh. can't who who can't uh, give up her beauty yeah. as wilted. I I don't know off the top of my head. Speaking of Roger Rabbit, this guy kind of reminded me of like German, uh, you know, Bob Hoskins. Yeah. Yes. A little bit. Because there was a few times I was like, "Man, is that Bob Hoskins?" And I was like, "Wait a minute." You still have to watch Killer Condom. That's that's the. Uh, that's the, that's the German Bob Hoskins. That's the German Bob Hoskins? Oh, yeah. Did you mention that before? Killer Condom? Well, no, I, I remember that, but like that German Bob Hoskins, isn't that? I probably did. Hmm. <laughs> Big if true. Look him up. Udo Semel. Udo Semel. Okay, let's S- see. S-A-M-E-L. S-A-M-E-L. Udo Semel. Oh! Yeah, he, he's there. Oh, yeah. He's pretty good. I like his little glasses. Oh. They're pretty cute. Pretty cute. Pretty cute. Uh, you want to hear about who hates Veronica Voss? I guess. Okay. First up, we got one star from Phil Dias Nugent. Ooh, Ted Nugent. Rainer Werner Fassbinder's last film released during his lifetime stars Russell Zeck in a stilted, uncharismatic performance as a mm. washed-up film star. In Fassbender's spin on the Sunset Boulevard theme, the aging diva living in the past as a defenseless victim, a wraith in the mercy of murderers who fill her with drugs and drain her finances. Unless you're deeply in love with Fassbinder's wilted stylistic flourishes and BDSM worldview, it's torturous. <laughs> The black and white photography looks as if the movie was shot through a sheet of ice, which is kind of appropriate, but wears thin as a visual conceit. Do they mean BDSM? <laughs> like, did I, I miss something, or is that I, like a? I know that's like I have no idea. I know what it is, but I don't understand uh, how it relates to uh, this. this. Yeah, I don't know. Well, that's what I mean. I was like, did I fucking miss something, or like, what's going on here? Okay, so Phil Dias Nugent, Ted Nugent, uh, all the favorite films are what you would expect, just Criterion movies. Things like Night of the Hunter, five-star films. Uh, Let's go to some one-star films here, Jared. Have you ever heard of a little movie called... Oh, wait, that's not what I was going to talk about. (laughs) Wait a minute. There's some... uh, It's, uh, I don't know, Gummo? Yeah, I've heard of Gummo. Would you give Gummo half a star? No. What about Jack, that hit Robin Williams film? Would you give that half a star? Probably not. Jarrett. Here's one we can agree on. Roar. Oh, come on. That is not a half star film. No, not if you know a good time. No way at all. So, uh, I mean, a lot of the half star films are things you'd expect. A lot of the five star films are things you, you would expect. But, you know, Roar. They, uh, this person's one of their favorite films is The Long Goodbye. Never heard of that. Sounds yeah. good. It's not bad. Sounds good, apparently. What else we got? Next up, Heretic, who I'm pretty sure we've heard from before. Yes, yes. One star. They killed the director, but drugs don't make this predictable, cliched melodrama any less corny. Which I guess is a one way to ignore, I guess, the uh, influence of Douglas Sirk on Fastbinder's movies and his love of melodrama and mm. this sort of thing. The Sirk touch? Is that uh, a thing? Um, 
the Cirque Stroke. Oh, you. Uh, so yeah, Heretic has come up a bunch. Let's look at some recent activity from Heretic. Richard Jewell, a half a star. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> Force Awake, uh, or no, Rise of Skywalker, three stars, Jer. Ooh. Three whole stars. I yep. think that's a little generous, but, uh, you know, what are you going to do? What no, are you going to do? Nothing, nothing. Okay. Axel Cock. Ooh. Two and a half stars. Okay. Veronica Voss captures a dark and confusing period in German history in equally dark and confusing cinematic terms. Its experimentation of wildly varying quality in editing, lighting, and music, giving off the feeling of seeing an early work rather than what is in fact the last of Fassbinder's films to be released in his lifetime. Was it? Yes. But, oh yeah, so we didn't, we didn't really notice, we didn't mention the... Uh, the the crossfades the use of like those edits between scenes where he just do like he was just trying out different uh like you know irises and uh just like different effects in between just because mm-hmm. very very uh attention seeking which is also like goes along with his use of font in a lot of his mm-hmm. movies he was he's uh, he's always uh having fun i i i don't know the one thing i would say that people get hung up on with him is how mm-hmm. dark his subject matter is but i actually do find his movies like pretty funny yeah i agree uh there's some nice humor there and like they're dark too but it's like i don't think anything he does in his movies are out of like out of the realm of like being believable it's like this is just just fucking how life is man yep i thought at least i don't know you know you know what's some funny stuff you liked funny stuff i liked in this movie specifically yeah um i'd have to think about it it's always in the okay. moment, though. It's not like there's like, ha, ha, I'm going to remember yeah. that forever either. Like, that's just mm-hmm. not how it feels. But just like yeah. like the lighting, like the use of the lighting in this movie constantly made me laugh because it's yep. so uh, over the top, but in, mm-hmm. a, but in a good way. Yeah. That, that you feel like, I don't know, I felt like I was, inside, I was on the inside of his jokes. If there's a joke. If there's a joke, I don't know. I could be wrong. You know, it's a joke. Ac- Axel Cox movies. No, I'm just kidding. It's uh, they don't have a lot of uh, five star things. Things like Midnight Cowboy, The Apartment, pretty good stuff. Ringu, Cleo from five to seven, The Lighthouse, Frozen. So you know some good movies. Only one half star film. Ooh, I saw the devil. What? Weird. That's weird, eh? That is weird. And then like one star films. There's some bad ones in here, but Wayne's World one star. Hmm. Little suspect. Little suspect. Jared. Jekyll and Hyde. You like that movie, don't you? Jekyll? Yeah, Jekyll. Right. You know him. Of course. Yeah. Good friends. Good yeah, dude. Good, good buds. Good dude. Good dude. Nice. So, yeah, uh, the movie, uh, it's good. I'm liking, these trilo- yeah, it I'm liking this trilogy. I'm it's not bad. Curious uh, if we'll go on a high note or not. Hopefully next week's, but that's that's for next week's business. Hopefully, and then uh, I I think we mentioned before. I think it was the right call, letting them breathe. Oh yeah, taking them one oh, at a time. You, yeah, doing this three movies in once would have been a terrible yeah. idea. And we'll get the yep. same difference uh, next week. And we can visit talk about the the themes of all three films and how this trilogy hangs together. Uh, then, are there themes in this thing? Stay tuned. <gasps> <gasps> ah.
after the break, locking RJ in that room with one toilet that doesn't go anywhere. And I mean, all, that's... The, all that ragu-y infused thing that he always talks about eating. That no, Gabagool? No. Your, 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 your secret recipe. Oh, that thing has no name, dude. The thing that has no name. <laughs> when, when is, when's the cookbook coming out? The, the Creeps cookbook. Uh, I mean, if there was an avid fan out there that could start from day one, because I, I think we've talked about many, many recipes. Well, work on it. Huh? Work, on, work on that. Someone can. Huh? So after the break, Archie's locked in a room with one <laughs> toilet that doesn't work with the thing that has no name. Sure. RJ, if you could choose to be mm. ad- addicted to a, any drug, what would it be? Uh, chips. What what kind of chips? Salt vinegars. Okay. So, what's your go-to chip? Dorito. All dressed. Oh yeah, we've talked about this before. Like, we've talked about everything before. It's I know a, it's, it's it's a circle. It's a circle, Jer. It's, it's a, like Rob Schneider. It's, it's, like, it's like how the Criterion C is a disc. Ah, but it has it, an end. Does it? It always <gasps> spins. Unless oh. you're our, the goopy version of uh, which is our logo. That one's still... It moves circularly. You can email us at criterioncreeps at gmail.com and tell us about your drugs. Mm-hmm. We've got a Facebook page. We're on Instagram. We're on the Letterbox. I'm Jared Duncan. He's Barnloaf. Mm-hmm. We're on Patreon. You want to watch that capes? Oh, baby. Pay, pay up. You want to help support is. this podcast? Mm-hmm. Load us up. Do it. We're on YouTube. This episode's probably going to be a little late, but that's okay. We're on SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify, mm-hmm. iTunes, Google Play, Tumblr. Next week, Spine 206. Yeah. The end uh-huh. of the trilogy. Rainer, uh-huh. Werner Fastbinder's Lola from 1981. What is Lola about? Uh, cabaret. Cabaret singer prostitute. Yeah, that sounds about right. Sounds about right. Do you think Lola's on Tumblr? Probably someone named Lola that fits that uh, description. She's very um, much into the burlesque. Lola. Ugh! Some weird furry action going on here. All sorts of Space Jam things, Jarrett. Hmm. Don't Google Lola and Tumblr together. Okay. Bad things happen. Ugh. Well, see you next week, kids. Yeah, I mean, we've had an okay time so far, so it should be okay, right? Not too bad. Not too bad?
Bye. See you later. Aaron.